0: Yo, this is Conan, you're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello everybody, welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. (laughs) Hello everybody, how you doing? I'm good, man, how are you? Yeah, I've had a very uh, corporate day today in my day job, where I've been at the East Kent Plowing Match. (laughs) What the fuck is that? (laughs) Basically, people get plows, attach it to either current or historic (laughs) agricultural equipment and plow a field banging <laughs> there was also terrier racing and welly throwing <laughs> so uh we've got a few things to announce firstly uh we're now on spotify which is pretty Play. cool yeah really happy about that like something i just hadn't even thought to apply for but since having this spotify premium with my new phone i was like there's podcasts on here as well as just music so yeah like that's a big platform for us to be yeah on, so definitely I'm about that uh on the on side note we're now going to be adding the podcast to as many other platforms that we've missed i don't think there's many but if you are listening to this and you know you want us to be on a platform that we're not on maybe an app you use or something then definitely give us a shout you know yeah we want to be as available to anyone and again as always um if you like what we're doing just give us a like give us a share tell a friend yeah sure uh world of wrestling podcast world of rest pod and twitter are the best places to find us you know uh yeah so um we recorded episode fifty this week. We did so. Obviously, we've been away for the last couple of weeks, uh, real life bits. But last week, we were recording something for both audio and visual pleasure. I last th- week, should we announce it now? I think yeah. We let's head because we're only um, we're only three episodes away from releasing it. Exactly. Yeah. So we went and did a wrestling learning what do we call it a wrestling training session a wrestling training session at scpw wrestling at the scpw academy with coach wicked yeah who was amazing um, this is my first ever wrestling lesson it's kind of like more of a recap a refresher for you i would say yeah it was, it was good to be back in there because i think we'll cover on episode 50 it's the first time i've been actively uh doing a, a decent amount of wrestling in a ring for a a good period of time for about a year and a half out sure and obviously it was your first time even stepping in a wrestling ring ring. indeed I I always had that little bit of like respect in the back of my head that if I'm never going to step in a ring unless I'm going to actually try it you know what I mean And there was definitely opportunities to get in the ring, but I was always like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, that's for the wrestlers, you know what I mean? That's for the professionals, (laughs) and I'm not a professional, to say the least. Um, I would say uh, Coach Wicked was amazing. He was so good, and we're going to go over it in episode 50, obviously. If you want to be a pro wrestler, you want to go get fit, you just want to go do training, sepw.co.uk, go find Coach Wicked, Matt Huntley, Mr. Wicked, whatever it is, on socials, send me a message. Go learn from the dude. He's fucking incredible. I had such a good time, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we were there for, we booked him for a couple of hours. We didn't leave there till about eight o'clock. We started about quarter past five. He went on above and beyond for us. He really yeah, did. Yeah, re- re- really top bloke. And obviously, you know, I'm I'm very privileged to be part of SCPW. And I was really happy that we got to get you in a ring. Yeah, man. Uh, I learned very quickly, cardio is very important (laughs) (laughs) if you want to see a fat guy blown up wait for episode 50 (laughs) because you're going to enjoy it Uh, I'm going to put in all the good bits all the embarrassing bits like it's going to be a real good watch so what we're going to do is there's going to be a a documentary style thing a vlog however the kids call it nowadays you know that's going to be on YouTube where you see all the visuals of what we did how we did it but then the idea is that me and you are also going to record like an audio track that will be the podcast kind of a compliment for that YouTube yeah. video. So that should make some really good listening. Good watching for episode 50. You can watch them separately. You can watch them together. Do whatever you want. It gives you options as a listener. Yeah. So I'm pretty tough with this idea. I'm really looking yeah. forward to having oh, it finished. Really, really good. Uh, and also, um, again, big thanks to Nick who got in touch with us on social media. He's requested um, an episode of Raw from 1993. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to give away which one it is just yet, but... We're probably going to do that in two weeks' time. I think that's the plan, yeah. Yeah, for episode 49. So, um, again, like Nick, he, he found us on Facebook. He sent us a message. But if you want us to cover any wrestling, it doesn't matter what promotion. It could be a current promotion. It could be a defunct promotion. It could be from the 80s. It could be from the 70s. It could be, you know, present day. Let us know. If there's a show that you want us to cover or there's a memory in wrestling around a time you'd like us to cover... Let us know. Send us a message, and we're happy to cover it for you. As long as it's like a full show that we can really delve into, then absolutely, I'm ready for it. So yeah. Just get in contact. We, we, I'd love more recommendations. You know, yeah. there's definitely stuff out there I want to see, but like I'm more interested to see what other people are going to throw at us. You know? Yeah. And we've we've had a brief look through what this uh this episode that Nick suggested for us. Looks uh, awesome. Looks, looks really awesome. Good. So Nick, yeah, thanks very much <laughs> for suggesting it, and we hope we do it justice in a in a couple of weeks time. Okay. Cool. Uh, last thing on the agenda: uh, go buy a T-shirt on Amazon. Help us out. You know. Yeah. Just search worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. You'll find our awesome. And punk ripoff t-shirt it's pretty cool i was going to point out that none of us will wore it on episode 50 it would have been a great <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> idea really fat guy white t-shirt yeah, yeah. we need a black design out yeah. there to help the fat lads you know but anyway um uh, i one other thing which cool. i uh, so some people who have followed this podcast have obviously found scpw through obviously my associate with it awesome. we had um our event our previous event well our most recent event on sunday yeah just gone my god the the what can I describe as the most controversial finish in SCPW history. It's gonna be up on YouTube in the next like week or so, but my god If you are a promoter of wrestling promotion, Mr. Wicked, sort out your fucking admin. (laughs) Because if people don't resign the senior referees, Jesus Christ, chaos can unfold. Just to clarify, this narrative we're talking about, not legitimate. (laughs) We're not bad-mouthing the promotion because it's one of my favourite promotions in the world No, storyline-wise, if you have followed the promotion, it's so nice to actually be able to hark back to things that have gone past. It's really nice that as a promotion as even as a local promotion we hark back to things that were one two years ago that even come in i know progress did this recently whether hmm. i know a lot of people differently now, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people you know again progress have been very good to us as well um and but their most recent event uh, um still chasing with their main event where they hark back to almost a year prior that something hmm. had everyone forgotten because you know eddie dennis had retired from the indies so that sure. contract had disappeared. Well, nothing like killing your main event and making everyone go home going. Right. Hi guys. <laughs> Let's move on to today's yeah. episode. Uh so that's a lot of admin we got through this week, is it is what it is. May I mention our sponsorship with Bluetooth? <laughs> <laughs> Get your dick <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Smash <'em> some <laughs> cooter <laughs> So we're doing WWF's RAW from the 7th of June 1999. This is the third and final chapter of our Ministry of Darkness trilogy. It has been quite the journey mr williams is it not well considering this was the uh the original ministry started forming around christmas 1998 and we're now we've gone all the way through wrestlemania we didn't cover the big boss man hanging in the <laughs> hell in the cell yeah yeah where everyone didn't want him to spin around and see the little harness attached to the noose and Oh well, my- don't, don't, don't spoil it <laughs> you can so see it give away industry day. tricks <laughs> and edge got corks so they couldn't pull his pulley up so he was just sat at the top of the <laughs> arena spinning around if you want to check this episode out on the network it's episode 315 aurora's war yeah. okay so let's just start where we are so we're at the fleet center aka the td garden home of the celtics and the bruins come on boys in boston massachusetts we've got an attendance of thirteen thousand four hundred and thirty in a twenty thousand seat arena which is a bit like oh are there lots of empty seats because i saw none empty seats on the show i think we're very much um either we've tarped off the top level or it's just... Imagine how big the Raw entranceway was back in the day. Sure. It's really chunky. They had all their backstage stuff there. I wonder if they I think it's purely, that quarter. You know, yeah. that makes sense. I think maybe the arena's grown in size over the years as well. I think so. So I might be wrong. It's, it's hard to find yeah. the, the specific date, the attendance and capacities and such, but it is what it is. Uh, this is broadcast live on the USA Network doing a 6.7 rating, which is fucking insane. That's a lot of people watching. Yeah. And our commentary team are jr and jerry the king pedophile i mean
1: lawler sorry
0: <laughs> <laughs> um it's so good having these two on commentary uh, this is back in the day when jr and king were spectacular they were into the product they still both had access to grind i mean jerry lawler in general was just always a better son of a gun and jr through his wadding right well wcw are trying to sure. get, put us out of business yeah, yeah and this was still very much a time you know we haven't covered it too much in the last couple of episodes of this um this trilogy where everyone is very much like i am a wwe guy i am here i'm going to give you everything i've got yeah. to beat wcw and this is the time where it feels they like they a really war. Were. it yeah. feels like an absolute war between these two promotions you know and yeah. these guys are these are they're loyal it feels like yeah without a shadow of a doubt less so than wcw or say. yeah wcw this is the time where obviously you're getting ready in a few months time for the jericho jump mm. um from there and Jericho has always said, I think it was on the Monday Night Wars documentary, that coming over from WCW it was all black and white. Probably not an NWA reference. (laughs) And then when you come to Raw you just see colour. Because it's bright, it's in your face and everyone's got a say in what they do. Whereas not so much in current day WWE where they're all playing video games and not giving a shit. Because AEW's meant they've all got lovely downside guarantees. (laughs) Hi Gallows and Anderson! Fair enough. (laughs) Um, But yeah, having JR and King on commentary in the late 90s, this was... Prime. i still think personally hayman and jr on commentary it's always been my favorite attitude era commentary duo fan. yeah i'm a big fan yeah. but they will still never touch heenan and monsoon like 90 percent of my childhood memories of watching raw are jr and king on commentary yeah so this is just nostalgia through and through. For me, Like again, I prefer Heenan as a commentator. Um, I, there's actually some modern guys I think are more listenable than these two. But the heel face dynamic, the old school wrestling guys, you know what I mean? It just, it just yeah. really works for me. Absolutely beautiful. And yeah. I think as well, so much better than Cole. Yeah. <laughs> Especially this time. I love Michael Cole, the interviewer, which we'll get to on this episode. But I also, just to again set the scene. So the last two episodes we've covered, we've had essentially... The kidnapping of Stephanie McMahon. We've then had the formation of the corporate ministry. We're now like a few weeks further in uh-huh. into the into the ministry, um, and we're just two weeks past when Undertaker won the world title at Over the Edge, which was the first time WWE had done one of these shows, which wasn't deemed an in your house uh-huh. show. Um, this would have been, I think, it was the twenty third of uh, May, uh, nineteen ninety nine that show will always be remembered not for austin dropping the belt to the undertaker because the mcmahon's got involved but sadly due to the horrific absence for owen hart and yeah, owen hart sure, passing sure um, a show we will never cover no yeah um and the following day obviously they had the tribute show to owen hart so that mm. would have been the 24th of march i remember being a kid and just bawling my eyes out. oh it's awful and just watching jeff Jarrett, yeah on his on his little tribute thing it was heartbreaking even jeff Jarrett on the show yeah, yeah. still going out and working i th- Yeah, I know we're never going to cover this show, but while we're here at this period of time, I still don't see why WWE didn't just stop that show. Yeah, fucking A, they should have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Owen's one of my all-time favorites and is one of the saddest moments of my life. It really is, you know? And the fact that, you know, they carried on anyway. Mm. Great. So then the next thing out, Jeff Jarrett, who was really close to Owen, had to go and wrestle the next match in a ring that he'd seen his close friend fall from the rafters into. Yeah, he just saw his friend die, essentially. And as soon as JR had announced, because I remember watching this live... And Jr. announced that Owen Hart had died. Mm. I thought, okay, they dim the lights. I was like, okay, brilliant. Cut the feed. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, done. No, we'll just carry on the pay per view. And I think that's still another reason why they got sued by Martha Hart. Yeah, beyond my understanding a little bit, you know. I just, I just don't want anything to do with it at this point. That's yeah. no, it's horrific. It really is terrible. So sto- yeah. storylines got thrown a bit. Yeah, uh, sure. at this time. So. Obviously, Undertaker the was still The fact that I watched this without realizing that show is what had just happened previously yeah. is an astonishing. Kind of um, testament for how professional a lot of these guys are in the ring, even though they're a mess and a lot of them are drug addicts and they're they're working two, three minute matches at the yeah. most, so they've got all this free time to be idiots essentially on the road. You know, yeah. This but is like the they can come out and put on these shows and get these narratives done and everything. You know, yeah. Two weeks yeah. after a colleague and one of the best ever dies in a ring, and they're still going out. Doing what they do, yeah. I that's the team unity. It, a lot of it was like, right, we're going to do this throw in. We're going to make sure we're going to do this throw in. Yeah, sure. And Vince McMahon made millions of pounds despite himself. Well, let's jump into it, shall we? Will we see a match longer than three minutes? Well, let's find out. <laughs> so we open up on the attitude intro that ends with the big thunderclap. Kind of ironic considering the name of the show they now have to compete with for WCW, I thought. Yep. But anyway. And we get a Times New Roman font zooming <laughs> towards us that reads, Last week, a uh, video package from the 10 days prior since episode two of our trilogy. Uh, corporate ministry have Austin tied up in the ropes. Uh, the greater power unveiled himself to own... Only Austin. I'm the secret little like, it's me, Austin. <laughs> but none of us out saw. Like, was like a happen. flasher in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Show him the good it? bits.
1: <laughs> <Hey>. Sure,
0: sure. <laughs> Uh, austin stuns everyone inside. jr finishes this package by going the moment of truth has arrived tonight the higher power will be revealed <laughs> <laughs> the best raw music ever yeah it's, it's, oh, it's just i tell so you what good. wouldn't it be great because if they bought that back because they're like rebooting raw next week with the new staging pyro mm. wouldn't it be so good if they bought that theme tune back oh, i would love it but you know It'd they're be never amazing. gonna do that no <laughs> probably just be, for us it'll be know? fucking stick break <laughs> i nickelback yeah i got you it's fine so uh basically pyro for days and that anthrax riff plays as the crowd is again absolutely fucking bonkers there, there must be what five thousand signs in the crowd yeah considering that's like one for what one one in three per person in the building yeah it's great yeah it, it looks incredible again i'd be furious if i was standing behind one of those cunts with that sign up I do the show <laughs> unless it was a really anyway. funny sign I, I, um, there yeah. was there was a great sign which we'll see later on where Big Show's coming out and then some bloke held up a sign and said your music sucks like, <laughs> yeah. why would you think to make that sign that's the one that got me as well. I have all the signs yeah. right now. I was like hang on you made the effort to make a sign just to tell him his music sucks on the like, plus point one uh, he's not wrong well yeah maybe and, and two he got the point across because it was memorable for us but like you're not criticising his wrestling ability or his character you're just like the person that made music for you is terrible your music sucks <laughs> Jim Johnson probably had a Day off. Oh, poor chip. Anyway. So JR welcomes us to the show. Uh there's no entrance music. Uh here comes Vince McMahon. Okay. No like, you know, no chance in hell. Or and anything. no big bollock walk. Nothing at all. Literally just strolls to the rim. Yeah. In his black jeans and tank top combo. <laughs> like, oh, Vinny, hello. <laughs> Someone's been working out. Look at them arms, Vince. He, he's ripped. I remember sitting as a kid, like, because he would always wear suits. Yeah. Then one day he came out like this and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's ripped underneath there, you know? I bet he wouldn't be wellness policy. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> anyway, so Vince promo to open the show. Uh, he says, the greater power has been weaving his wicked web of evil. And I'm like, oh, I love the alliteration, yeah. Vince. Lovely. Uh, Vince speculates about who the greater power is. He name J- drops Jake the Snake Roberts. Right, because at the time, this was the big thing. And all the wrestling things were like, Jake okay. Roberts is the higher power. And the fact that, again, Vince, in 1999, acknowledged like a Meltzer dirt sheet report. Right. And that's why, obviously, the smart fans who were there were like, oh, he said Jake Roberts let's face it if it was jake roberts that would have been incredible yeah as like a mentor to taker almost as like the high evil power like jake would have been perfect well i remember telling you that one of my first again an early res- wrestling memory of that was when yeah. undertaker turned face against jake roberts yeah yeah because when jake was ready to attack much man with a chair backstage and the undertaker cool. stopped him it led to a match at uh, wrestlemania right yeah 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 sure i remember yeah I- i'm a huge jake mark so i'm biased but you know I would have marked so fucking hard if it was Jake Roberts (laughs) coming out. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Vince challenges Shane to a no-holds-barred match, and he thinks Shane is the higher power... For control of the WWF. Yeah, if you put up your 50%, I'll put up my 50%. Well, Mm. if anyone looked at the American version of the company's house, you'd be (laughs) able to see that those shareholdings are not correct, Vince. Well, we will find out later. (laughs) So here comes Shane with the rare No Chance in Hell Undertaker Ministry crossover mashup version of his entrance theme. It's pretty cool, man. It's the best matchup since Nirvana and Destiny's Child. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's so funny how they've got Shane to do the, <laughs> yeah. like, Undertaker evil laughing. Uh, I quite like it, man. No, it fits me. Yeah, I sure. enjoyed it. So, um, Taker and the whole corporate ministry will unveil the higher power in a few moments. And I was like, hang on, we're starting the show with this unveil. I thought we were going to do it at the end of the show. I'd make you watch until you get to it. But, no, they're, they're determined to deliver this, like, straight yeah. away. I wonder if Interesting this Interesting choice. Maybe, again, in comparison to Nitro, it's a case of, right, we'll get them hooked now.
1: Yeah, we'll sure. We'll get them hooked
0: now. We're going to tell them what we will do. We'll go to commercial break, and we'll come back, and we'll tell them what it is. I wonder if it actually works, because the theory, like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? But um, for me, I would... As a fan, if they're just going to unveil who it is at the beginning, I'd watch it and be like, all right, let's go see what's on Nitro. <laughs> yeah. no, as opposed to, let's watch the whole of two hours of Nitro and then switch over the last five minutes of yeah. Raw. Surely it would have been, well, maybe, but surely it would have been better to go, at some point tonight, we are going to unveil higher power to make you watch the whole yeah. show to see when they're going to unveil it. But, you know, Vince being quite the arrogant son of a gun, will probably think, well, as soon as we get the reveal... Mm. People are gonna just stay hooked and see what happens next because yeah, then they'll be so. bought in. Oh, um, no spoilers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, so J and JR and Lawler recap from ringside uh, match graphic for a Lions Den yeah! match. <laughs> Fucking hell between. <sighs> Go on, you do it. I believe his name is spelt J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, making his return to the world of wrestling. He won't get off our podcast. Versus Ken Shamrock. Uh, Nicole Bass versus Deborah for a women's championship match. And the new WF Tag Team Champions of the Acolytes versus Gangrel and Edge from the brood from the tag straps. Uh, and Austin chats to what seems seems to be a completely empty limo out the back. Yeah. Did you catch this? Yeah. <laughs> He's just chatting, like standing in the door of the limo. And there's blatantly no one in no. that limo. It's <laughs> just a spot or whatever. Like, oh, this this popped me pretty hard. Like his acting is quite good. At this stage, I was like, Oh, I really hope we get to see the full brood entrance out like having to crouch down as well. Yeah, I didn't notice them crouch this time. No, no, that's no, really brilliant. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And and talking into the dead limo, I mean how many limo hire companies must have gone out of business <laughs> after the Attitude Era? Because no one uses limos anymore. <laughs> like, I, I kind of miss it a little bit. Like it's a Russo trope that they rely on. You know, the limo yeah. arriving out the back and or escaping in the limo or just walking through the back. But I like the the whole thing of the limo arriving. Like, oh, who's in the limo? Yeah. Like, let's not WCW it and do it in every segment in between every single match. But you know, like, limos lost twice. it for me when seven limos pulled out and that NWO got out of all of them. I was <laughs> like, nope. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, sure, totally. recent Virgil are in there. they be like, oh, everyone can afford <laughs> <Yeah>. them now. <laughs> so here comes Taker and the whole corporate ministry. Um, looking back on it, the idea of like a demonic, druid, Satanist stable of corporate sellouts is a bit of a mixed message, really, isn't it? It's not ideal, isn't it? We're going <laughs> to kill everyone. Oh, look at the green. But do you tax it, that- <laughs> yeah, You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, it's a surreal concept. Um, the IRS are really going to be on us if we don't declare our corporate income. <laughs> Midian sitting there going, fucking hell, what am I going to declare? <laughs> Tattoos of eyes on the back of my head, probably. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's got many possessions, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, take a promo. Uh, he immediately brings out the higher power. It's greater power, dum-dum. <laughs> Come on, get but it right. But is the thing, like, they've always referred to it as greater power, but even on, like, the Ford for this show on the network, yeah. they refer to it as the higher power. And they don't get this this bit right. It's all yeah. like, that doesn't really matter. It's the same idea, but, you know, we much like with TNA and their Rush for the Gold tournament or whatever Jesus it was, Christ. like let's just get the name of it down and promote that. You know, it's just wrestling 101, yeah. right? Go live anyway. for the gold oh whatever I don't give a fuck it's TNA who cares I mean it shouldn't have been a gauntlet alright everyone stop shitting on the main event <laughs> that's what I didn't think because it wasn't a gauntlet was it anyway yeah. fucking hell so uh, Vince I mean higher power
1: <laughs> it's just about, dude.
0: Uh, manages to walk to the ring without tripping up over his velvet robe that's just way too long for him uh, purple light floods the ring as you might expect yeah. in the Undertaker segment uh, the corporate ministry kneeling as Taker rolls back his eyes in the ring as the guy walks uh, not. not Walks down to the ring. It's quite a nice visual. Yeah, like they they obviously put some lot of effort into planning this. I'd say. Yeah. Um, it's a bit weird again seeing all the corporate guys doing the whole safeness kneeling for the higher power thing. But, yeah. Mm. But Triple H didn't. Did, oh, I swear he did. I don't. I didn't catch it. Him and China oh, right down the front kneeling. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. But whatever. Triple H backstage was probably like. I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> There's a few moments in this where I'm very impressed with his like determination to get stuff over that he obviously doesn't want to be yeah. doing. Years from now, I'm going to be nobbing your daughter. So I'm not going to kneel for you. Sure. I wonder where he was already at this point i don't know because with some of the storyline that happens later it's definitely leading to that. i think at this time he was still with china okay i don't think they were together yet yeah yeah sure because he's with china on screen as well yeah so. i think this was i think it's near the beginning but i think once they started getting involved in the andrew martin marrying stephanie versus andrew martin's test right yeah yeah, yeah cool um and then the dodgy wedding i think that's when they started looking at dating each other when it's a case of do you, Stephanie, say Triple H? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and Triple H based it to the voice for it. <laughs> The impression was totally on point. That was yeah. really good. So the higher power, greater power, the powery dude gets in the ring. The
1: powery dude, Vince. I mean, will power got in the ring
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, with some assistance from Fruke and Bradshaw because he's got this velvet robot that's getting caught on stuff. Oh, it's brilliant. Can you imagine that this had been a shockmaster moment? Oh fucking! And the imagine? greater power tripped over and, and revealed this- <laughs> himself. He would have been so good. So uh, he lifts the microphone to his face the higher power Great Power, however and shane mcmahon's voice comes across the pa but then shane walks out from the entrance ramp and it's not shane under the hood oh they've done us with games Ooh. i remember like i love the way i'm trying not to say vince the higher power sells it by kind of moving his head like he's <laughs> talking and like that's quite good man yeah. like, i was impressed so shane promo as he walks to the ring puts over the greater power At least he's got the name right. (laughs) Shane now wants Vince to come down to unveil the greater power just to see the look on his face. Vince pre-tape, I mean live (laughs) promo from the back. (laughs) He is close enough and wants the evil demonic son of a bitch to show his face to the world now. I love Vince's. Uh, Oh, he's so good at cutting a promo. I appreciate this is it, but Vince McMahon has balls the size of grapefruits. Why is he not out there? because yeah, again I mean, I mean as a kid you knew what was happening right yeah i think we all did didn't we I, well genuinely i didn't i didn't know it was vince okay oh was it vince let's find out i think uh, well yeah i think you were secretly hoping it wasn't going to be vince i think in the back of your head, you always knew it was going to be i i thought genuinely at the time it was going to be the wall <laughs> <laughs> right no i there's a re- <laughs> there's a reason why <laughs> imagine he's like it the wall i mean he's a great wrestler don't get me wrong but as a promo guy like fucking awful yeah. but i thought it was going to be the wall because again at the time where i um, without any form of real internet as such mm. outside of going to school i relied on when i was looking at the football results on teletext nice the last advertising page was always like a phone this hotline number to a wwe stuff cool. or wwf stuff back in the time yeah and it was like wall rumored to make big wwf debut and i thought fuck me the wall's gonna be the greater power and when he came out and he's like three foot smaller than taker you probably figured it wasn't gonna be him i mean i didn't really clock that (laughs) at that stage i was thinking like maybe perspective isn't great he's crouching Uh, he's doing the brood (laughs) entrance (laughs) Uh, so shane helps the greater power pull back the hood to unveil It's me Austin It's me Austin It was me all along Austin JR goes oh that son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> Like I love this call so much I also have a problem for Vince McMahon Going it was me Austin it was me all along You revealed yourself to him last week uh, Of course yeah yeah it's so stupid isn't it But surprise motherfuckers it's Vince McMahon <laughs> You know <laughs> yeah, <it> <laughs> You imagine if that's how they paid it off <laughs> Oh, it was so good. But this again is one of the greatest sound bites ever, isn't it? Yeah. It was me, Austin, it was me all along. It's one of those things we joke about all the fucking time. When someone's like, who did that? Like, it was me, Austin, you know? Like, we've definitely said this out of context. I'd say again, like 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 you're alluding to that, it's one of the most quoted and well known sound bites in WWE history. Yeah, yeah. Along with that the Austin Rock video promo for WrestleMania 17. My way, yeah, sure. Which was so good. So, I've got to beat you, Rock. I've got to do anything. I've just got to beat you. It's like, oh, chills. It's amazing stuff, yeah. Yeah, but I I said, like, with one-liners of things that people call, that it was me, Austin, it was me all along. Yeah. That's it. The thing I hadn't realized is how good Vince's... uh, Doing what I'm trying to do more and more on the podcast when I explain stuff, saying people's names. Yeah, he constantly goes, "It's me, Austin. It was me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin." Like he's emphasizing, "This is about Stone Cold. Yeah, this is who we're getting over." And it's like the 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 grit of his voice, this timbre, everything about it, it's perfect for pro wrestling. It is amazing how the owner. Is still one of the best promos this company's ever had. Yeah. I, I would put Steph there as well. Yeah. Steph's like Steph can kill it. Her promo is so good. She's such a good heel. But then when she does like, you know, the BS Star stuff, whatever, she seems like the nicest person yeah. in the world. There is was that- um there was something again shown on Twitter where Georgia Smith um was in like a line. So um Bulldog's daughter. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um she was in a line to sort of do like a meet and greet or a book signing something and like there was just some random bloke in front of her and they filmed George Smith and Stephanie straight away realised who it was gave her a big oh. hug in his case of you're very corporate well done yeah yeah she's really good at her job yeah. I love them both like, and you obviously see where she gets it from Vince yeah it's a shame the other one isn't so good but you know it is what it is it's hey uh, or, or the unknown child who didn't want to get involved in the wrestling business because they oh, have yeah, true, they true, have true. a further sibling Apparently so yeah. uh, so I'm I'm predicting uh, AW Dynamite the uh, other McMahon turns up <laughs> You never know, mate. So, um, as the corporate ministry all laugh in the ring, Vince continues. You all bought it. You all bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. You all bought it. Even my family. Even my immediately family. immediate family bought it. Every damn one of you were made fools of. And you're like, oh, you're the best, Vince. And then, <laughs> Vince blames Austin. Vince had to teach him a lesson. He would never, ever forget stealing Jericho's shit before he's even there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, side note, Boss Man is staring out fans at the ringside the whole time. He is the best heel in the whole fucking world. Hang on, did he die at <laughs> WrestleMania 15 when he was hanged? <laughs> but like All the other guys are laughing in the ring, like breaking character almost be yeah. like, look how great this is. And Boss Man's standing there cross-armed just staring at people like, I'm going to fucking hurt you all. And like, oh, he's so good. That's because Boss Man's doing this going, I thought it was fucking Jake Roberts <laughs> that would have been great you know? the boss man was like I've been fooled too <laughs> So, uh, Linda and Steph then walk out onto the entrance ramp with no entrance, no fan for anything. So when Vince realizes, he's like, oh, wait, wait, what? What's happening, you know? What, oh, like, bud? Yeah, yeah, doing the gorilla, you know. Uh, which is a really nice moment, yeah. I thought. Like, that realization of, oh, shit, there's other people who actually matter here that have got yeah. a say in this. And, oh, these are the people we fucked over. Like, there's my daughter that I screwed over with the whole, where to Stephanie thing, because he's the higher power, the greater power. He was in control. Yeah, I love the idea of arranging my daughter to be kidnapped to get, over, get one over Austin. Uh, <laughs> thank you for rescuing her, Austin. <laughs> Wanker. <laughs> so, oh yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. So, yeah. Linda and Steph on the entrance ramp. Vince and Shane grovel like <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, Linda cuts a, cult, a captivating promo. I think you will agree. Well, it's one of Linda McMahon's best promos. <laughs> sweet zombie Linda. Uh, up, sweet zombie Linda up there with when she was cutting them, the uh, the grapefruits with mixed mm. Foley going. Oh, look at that one, Vince. Oh, look at that one, Vince. Uh, she has one tone of voice she uses, and she can't ever seem to get out of that. Well, mm. you know, she did. I mean, imagine having your wife go, of course, I'd love to watch you make out with your right in front of my face uh, on yeah, TV. Sure. I'm an actor, Linda. <laughs> I'm an actor. It's all staged. Why have you got a boner? Bluetooth hasn't been invented. <laughs> so uh, while Vince and Shane have been dicking about for the last few weeks doing all this storyline Linda has appointed Stone Cold Steve Austin as the CEO of the WWF um can she do that Joey? <laughs> and apparently she can because what is it? It's her and Steph have 25% of the company each and Shane and Vince also have 25% of the company each which is uh changing the fucking story because this is not yeah, the story yeah. they've been telling. Well, cuz again Shane and Vince are both so stupid they don't realize that there are four McMahon's who run this company, and also not. To- is that how companies work? Just because well, you're in the family, you own half the fucking quarter of the company. This was my other thing to suggest. So yeah. again, in UK corporate, the idea is you need to have 51% of the vote to be able to have it's a majority vote. Mm. This is a 50-50. So it's not a case of, oh, we're tied. <laughs> so who when, who yeah. di- who made who called the board meeting to install a new CEO? Exactly. It's the whole thing is um. Yeah, a bit bullshitty. We have to blur the lines sometimes in corporate America. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, as well at this time as well, um, it wasn't even listed on the stock exchange. Well, though. This Probably. was still Titan Sports LLC at the time. It makes I think? you think anyone cares about <laughs> apart from you. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> You're explaining this like it's really interesting. I don't think anyone gives a fuck, but like, yeah. And let's move back to the rest of it. <laughs> so, Austin comes out in his usual attire, but with a red tie and a clipboard because he's now corporate, the CEO, or whatever. Uh, Vince and Shane's gobsmack reactions are pretty great in the ring, I'd say. Yeah. Like, they're looking at each other, they're looking at Austin, like, oh. Um, <laughs> It's good acting. Where would you get that tie from? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> That's the thing they're shocked yeah. by, you know. So Austin puts himself in a title match with Taker, then books. Shane and Vince versus Austin in a handicap match with King of the Ring, which is coming up. Shane versus X Park and Kane in a handicap match for later tonight. All the Union lads, which is the thing that's happened in Unions. the past few weeks, uh, get to fight whoever they want. So, what is that? That's Big Show, Test, and Shamrock. And Mankind. And Mankind, he who isn't here because he got his knee. Attacked by the Triple H. Yeah, with the sledgehammer. And yeah. Was it Raw last week? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, they always say on uh, whenever they do a promo, these guys are all like, let's give a big shout out to like Mick Foley sitting at home with a busted knee or whatever. Yeah. Kayfabe. I think so. At the time, I, think it's yeah. I think it was giving them a break maybe off the whole yeah. Owen thing, maybe? Yeah, I Who think knows? so. Who knows? Because, pretty tight. Cause, well, and, and Mick Foley basically called him out on it. Oh, at the okay. time, So I think it was a case of, like Mick's going to stick away for a little bit. Right, fair enough. Um, so uh, also a cast match versus. Uh, Taker uh, versus. No, um, cast match was Triple sorry. H and Rocky. Triple H versus Rock. Uh, so do you want to explain what this is? So, they- as JR explained on commentary, he's never heard of such a thing of a, a cast match before, yeah. but this time the Rock. His had his uh left arm in the cast? I think it's his left arm. Left arm in the yeah. cast. Well you got wear the left, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well learnt. Thank you, mate. Um and so he decided that Triple H, in exchange for the rock having his arm in a cast, Triple H would have his leg put into a <laughs> plaster cast. Where is this logic? <laughs> it's bonkers. Vince so yeah it is i I quite like the um austin doing wacky shit as the ceo that's fine but this leads to a really funny moment with triple h later in the show at least um what else um so uh and that's the bottom line of course stone Cod says so don't know if you knew that yeah smash (laughs) Uh, crowd go mental yeah yeah and I sit there and think to myself, I wonder if one of those Austin shirts are still available to buy. Uh, I think they do a retro Austin shirt online, so maybe. Oh, but was it the one he was wearing? Because it was like the baseball top one he was wearing. Oh, I don't know, the maybe. O- the orange stone cold across it. They occasionally do the American football one. I saw the DX American football yeah. one recently, because I did have a bit of a look, actually. But you know, what it is. Um, so this segment took 31 minutes and 23 seconds of what ends up being about an hour and 20-minute show. Yeah. No, yeah, I think it was about an hour and, yeah, hour and 26. So minus adverts, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. That's a third. A, lot. a third a of your show was the, the promo. Show. One promo. Yep. Um, but can we talk about the logic of this as well? <laughs> well? Well, I tried to talk about corporate America, and you didn't like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's talk about the logic of the whole storyline, okay? I know it's a big conversation. We've got the rest of an episode to get through. Yeah, but this but is really, what well, this this we're covering. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, Austin... Beats HBK at WrestleMania 14. Yep. Okay. Full face. Brett's gone. Sean's gone. Vince steps in as the big heel. Yep. Okay. We get uh, Mankind, Taker, Kane, all the heels coming in to Wrestle Austin through 98, blah, 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 blah. We then get the ministry form and the corporation form. Okay. What happens from there that makes any sense to you <laughs> to lead to this moment? Well, Undertaker still has beef with Steve Austin because he yeah. wants to win the world title. Okay, fine. Good. So that, that's where we're going. So the ministry has been formed to destroy Vince McMahon and to hold a gun to his head so he can get stuff for, from Austin. Because yeah. remember, if you think back to episode one to get Stephanie back, he kidnapped Stephanie. So he get control from Vince so he could then have a title shot with Austin or get to Austin. Why? Because he can't get Austin any other way. He's the owner of the company. No, no, Undertaker. Oh, okay, fine. So right, at this yeah. at this time, Vince McMahon realizes. Here's where we're going. Let's. This is where <laughs> this is Russo logic, not real logic. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, so. I know they've got to put a TV show yep. together. So it has to have like drama, narrative. That's fine. Like, I'm, so, I'm trying not to be too caught up in that. Undertaker wants Steve Austin undertaker yep. isn't a decision maker so being slightly demonic and evil he realizes with well, the only way i can get this is if i blackmail the boss yeah at the same time now a druidy, yes satanisty sort of guy yeah at the same time when this is happening this is when they hatch a deal they okay. hatch a so deal this is the point for me is that why is vince doing anything taker once well that's just is- to get back over austin yes because he's got because he needs someone to do get Austin. He needs people not to suspect that he is behind the Undertaker doing it. Right. Because as they were all lulled into a full sense of security, because this is what happened at over the edge, as both McMahon's got involved, Vince McMahon went to help Austin. Okay. So why does he regularly beat up Shane? Uh, <laughs> why, why did my dad beat me up? <laughs> You know what I mean? There's so many bits of just like... Wait, why? My, my dad why, beat why, me up so I didn't win the world title? <laughs> why Why are the corpor- corporation, the ministry and Shane all now together? Uh, obviously money.
1: <laughs> There's so
0: <laughs> many bits that you're just like, you didn't have to do that. There's so many parts that you can get to this conclusion where Vince is doing everything to fuck Austin over without screwing up all your successful stables and characters you know? <laughs> well as as you pointed out before the corporation was an engine to get Triple H over yeah because Rock's gone faced it was obviously yeah. meant to be Rocky with the big heel against Austin but yeah. people love Rocky so exactly. you can't do that yeah. so then you had two top faces yeah. you needed two top heels again I'm, I'm not defending it because it's literally terrible logic it's just a case of trying to guess what a potential shoestring thread that they can have through linking these together sure and as you said at the time um mcmahon was turning face to protect stephanie where yeah. to stephanie yeah sure i don't know why he's suddenly become oh where to stephanie we're having a bully time <laughs> why did we have to fuck over his daughter in the process uh collateral damage <laughs> You know what I mean? like, it's so messy you could have fucked over ryan shamrock or deborah well or they tried someone. to fuck over ryan shamrock <laughs> she just quit <laughs> or got kidnapped it's, too early it's it's hard so um, i also hmm. think as well that because they were still waiting to build the top stars yeah at that time after brett had gone hbk had gone they needed to have people for austin to run for at the top so by having two big factions we've undertaken rock either side then austin from month to month could run through, ministry, run, through run through the ministry run through the corporation run through the ministry run through the corporation to keep things going yeah um but yeah having and then you could tell because the corporation was so big i was like oh we're gonna do this merge thing so we're gonna boot out what later became the union yeah but this, that this that top is, this... It's the shortest lived stable of all time, isn't David it? Starr's Union. favorite sable. <laughs> Union Ice. Yeah, sure. Now, Union Ice, uh, I mean, like taking Test and Shamrock out of the corporation, I can see how that could potentially be a good idea. You see Test cutting a promo, and you're like, Well, oh, maybe not. <laughs> like, you know, there was a Shamrock st- was super over, you know, but as a heel, he was more over him and boss man running rampant through like the whole company, basically, yeah. is the two like underdog heels to take her and Triple H and start with perfect. I don't know why you had to ruin that, you know? I think also the problem with Shamrock because you look at Shamrock back in the Attitude Era, he could have been like main event level, world title level. Yeah. And through listening to other podcasts, it's a case of well he was very unreliable. Yeah, sure. Well, okay, let's let's talk about this logic of the storyline a little bit. Why did we have to do the whole Black Winning thing? Cuz Undertaker's a demon. But why? Why would he have to? So Vince wants to get over on Austin. That's the whole point, right? And he has an allegiance with Taker, right? So <laughs> the reason behind this, I suspect, is again to fool everyone to make sure that Vince wasn't involved in this. So because Vince can't get to Austin, because Vince can't win, Vince has already lost to Austin. He needs to make it look like yeah he is. He's playing on Austin's human heartstrings, knowing full well that if he's If his daughter's on the line, he can't do anything about it. Austin has to be the savior. He's got a good bone in his body, so again, they're trying to humanize Austin. Okay. Which is why it was so important that Austin didn't hug Stephanie back after he released her. Okay, okay, I can I can go along with that. (laughs) Why did we have to murder the boss man in between? (laughs) I would have had to hang the boss man. Oh, because we had this hell in the cell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's so many just little bits <laughs> about this storyline. Th- like, this <laughs> makes fuck all sense, mate. The, the worst uh, it thing seems about such a long-winded way to get to where you want to be that you could do ten times more logically with two stables left over that would really, really work and could feud act kind of in... in if they had to against each other, if you're going to turn take a face or something in the future, you know what I mean? But like, you just feel like you've missed so much opportunity here just for this. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. But <laughs> again, it's a great moment. But, you know. The other thing to consider, though, at the time, they'd only had this trial episode of SmackDown on UPN when they returned to network television as we covered on the last episode. Mm. They only had one show. So by having two heel factions of half the roster, you've got to keep them strong. But yeah. then to be strong they've got to have faces to beat. Mm. So by merging them and kicking out the union boys to give them a feud with the corporate ministry so they've got the under- stuff for the undercard boys something to do. There's reason behind street um so like trimming down the corporation. But then once you kick out those guys, you are left with Boss Man. Pretty much, yeah. Boss Man, Shane and the Mean Street Posse. Triple H. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, true. You you've so you've and Triple H isn't the star yet. And you need to mm. and you need to also still keep those guys together so then Triple H can have his breakout against that many people. If he's breaking out against Joey Abs, mm. it's not gonna be as good as if he's breaking out against Taker. Yeah, of course. Um, in, in terms of what the storyline had to do to get to like the end and achieve what it needed to achieve, it does it. Yeah. It totally does it. Austin's super over is a face, Vince is super over is a heel. Uh, Triple H and Taker Are really over his heels Which is kind of The biggest priority yeah. I think at this Rock's point. a huge face as well Speed yep. number two to Austin Rock is not involved In the storyline at all No Should have been Well that's He was there to elevate Triple H Yeah but being the Ex-corporate guy Yeah You would have thought They could use him Along with Austin a little bit And have them Kind of that tension Start to build a bit more I know they get there eventually Yeah But you know There's, there's moments Where they're together But not really But at least they were Consistent with Austin and Rock Because they had you know Austin and Rock at 15 17 and 19 WrestleManias Sure um and they never really they never got on and so by having rock and austin cooperate to go against vince it wouldn't have worked so at least they got four years worth of legit booking yeah the other Uh, thing that i was thinking about this um is that look how these faces are booked specifically austin yeah he's smart and when he gets tricked he doesn't take any shit yeah He's not—he's not a dumb baby face. He's not like what we see today. Hi, Seth Rollins, <laughs> sitting in a corner, being terrified of some flashy lights and a dude in a mask. You know, like. Uh, but no. Uh, while that's nothing to do with this show, the fact that after all, so many people are shitting themselves. Like Bray Wyatt, he—he he just no solved the curb stop. And then he had five curb stops and seventy super kicks, and then he was down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's for the house show audience, mate. Mm. They're telling a TV story, mm-hmm. and. Are you telling me that you don't want that mask? So well, yeah, sure. So there's bits of like, I love mask on mask mark. That's weird to say. Anyway, so um, there's, there's parts of the narrative that I d- hate about this whole corporate ministry Oh, stuff, it's bollocks. But it does get you where you need to be. Yeah. Which I wish they would do more of
1: nowadays. You know? Well, the,
0: this is the thing. Like, so, you know, well, we're mocking it a little bit now and again as we continue to destroy the Attitude Era for our own memories of this yeah. was the best time of wrestling and now we're looking at it going, was it? It was it was fun slapstick comedy TV almost yeah. but it's it's not good wrestling. There's no, no good wrestling on There's any no, of these shows. No good wrestling and no real good storyline narrative. Yeah. But can you imagine today... Like physical if, wrestling. Yeah. yeah but can you imagine today if they tried to do this build for like a greater power now? It, they wouldn't be able to do it because it'd be revealed. Hmm. Maybe depends if you have someone on the roster and last minute you don't tell anyone you yeah. give them the road they send them out like it could work and also unfortunately the generation watching wrestling now by and large yeah. want everything now yeah i sure. want this guy to be in the main event i want this guy to be in the main. But isn't Who- that the greatness of bray Wyatt not being there week to week and then just appearing a couple of weeks and doing the last segment and stuff you know? yeah and now it's in the great. main event yeah it's great works really well yeah until they ruin it Hopefully they won't ruin Yeah, it, hopefully like, they've yeah. understood, because Heyman wrote. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Now, yeah. you wouldn't get someone like Triple H having the slow burn up to the main event. Yeah. I know they like all the stuff online is like, are oh, well, they going to let, do Let's it be so- fair. There hasn't been really recently, but it feels like they're getting there. It feels like with, uh, you know, uh, Paul and Bischoff in charge of these two shows, yeah. which is what seems to be the case now, they seem to be going back to good storytelling. And there's guys that I like that are getting prevalent spots I bloody like Mike Connellis. <laughs> I don't hate him I'm going to be honest when he was well, Mike Bennett was fantastic in Ring of yeah, Honor. Yeah. I don't like the whole Maria pregnancy angle yeah that's gone a bit far at times but there's been some great dramatic moments and you know you need a bit of just shilly, my shitty drama I guess is the best way yeah. to put it well that's what we had in the attitude era wasn't it this yeah. would be key in the attitude era except there'd be a lot more dick jokes absolutely Let's move on, shall we? We've got a show to get through. So we get a recap of Shane screwing Xbox and Kane out of the tag strap from last week's RAW. A backstage segment a segment of Linda Stefan Austin. Uh, suitcases full of beer, their little gift him. I thought was quite mm. a nice bit. Uh, WF World Tag Team title match. Before we get to that, go on. At this stage, how old is Stephanie supposed to be in this program? Uh, I I think she's depicted as being kind of seventeen, eighteen. So why is he handing her a beer? <laughs> so he's a yeah, CEO maybe. of a corporate company handing. His boss's... Well, his colleague's daughter... Yeah. ...a beer... Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking she's younger than she actually Because she's supposed to be, be younger than she is, yeah. Because that's yeah. what we've said in the previous yeah, yeah, sure episode. Sure. She's, supposed, she's dressing younger than she is. Yeah, yeah. Very conservatively. Yeah. And, you know. But I like the fact it's maybe that should be a new program. Linda and Stephanie now getting drunk with McMahon. It's <laughs> like Drunk Histories. <laughs> Linda chundering in the sink. <laughs> Mate, Steph now looks fucking amazing. Like, I'm not fairer now than she did there. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Steph <laughs> is fantastic. Like an excellent cheese maturing brilliantly. <laughs> so, World Tag Team title match of the acolytes of Bradshaw and Perug, our current champions, who just won the belts recently, right? Yep. Versus the brood of Gangrel and Edge <gasps> with Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coolest entrance ever. Yeah. It really is cool. Amazing. So we get a recap from Sunday Night Heat. The acolytes get the carry treatment that we talked about before. <laughs> uh, standing in the wrong corners drives me fucking insane. Gangrel's got his back to the hard camera. I'm like, you fucking idiots. Come on, the ref should be grabbing them and moving them to the other corners, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're standing uh, like, you know, close left to far right when they should be close right to far left. Correct. Anyway. So, um, King says this line of like a hillbilly from Arkansas becoming the president of the United States. You don't know what's in store for you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Brood make the hot tag. Gangrel and Farouk blow their spots. As the Hardys and the Freebird, Michael Hayes, make their way down to ringside. Because, obviously, it's WF in 99. We have to have someone come down to ringside. Of course. Immediately in the match. Uh, Actually, there's a clean finish, kind of. A close line from Hell to Gangrel for the 1, 2, 3. And still, the acolytes are the winners of the match. Um, The Hardys and the Hayes immediately jump Christian at ringside. Bit of a brawl on the ramp. Eh, does the job. Yeah, this is who our next feud is going to be. Yeah. We've moved on from the Acolytes. Can't wait for that Terry Invitational Tournament with that ladder match at the end of Mm -mm. the seven. Ooh. So jr and king at ringside put over the matches they announced earlier uh cut to not the mean street posse and kane and mankind master <laughs> yeah. so basically there's two lads at ringside who they're just like oh look at these guy fans at ringside have got the kane and the uh, the, uh mankind masks but they're still wearing the v-neck sweaters yeah. that rodney Mack and thing are always known to use you're like "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake um what do you think uh, what the tag match or ah, of, a, of a the bit boys of boys you know, yeah a tag match as we've established from uh, actually Monday Night Raw pretty throw away but again yeah. progressive storyline because it's right okay right. Well, the brood have really now done with the ministry that's it let's move on to the next things followed by Michael Hayes I hate it when adults dress like kids. <laughs> it's weird. It's like he's cosplaying as a young man almost. You for know? some reason, when I was younger as well, I always really wanted him on want those T-shirts. It's like being a fat, hairy bastard <laughs> as a teenager. I thought, <laughs> ladies would get hot for this. Fucking hell, <laughs> <laughs> Nipple pointing through like the string best. hardy top. So the Union lads, Union. shamrock Show and Test walk around backstage because obviously it's rinse Russo's trope or whatever. Uh, Union lads make their way out after an advert break. Michael Cole, boo, <laughs> with, a, with a mic, chats to the lads. Uh, show wants taker for the world title later tonight. Uh, Vince and Shane react backstage, and they're doing a great job <laughs> yeah. of it. I thought they were really funny. Uh, Shane doesn't want uh, Double J in the um, Lions Den match anymore. He wants Vince McMahon in a Lions Den cage match. Thing. Vince McMahon did his wonderful gorp.
1: <gasps>
0: Yeah, Facial that, expression. Their reactions are priceless. Yeah. They're so good. I but, think the, they're, but the sh- best reactions come next. So, Test doesn't want a wrestler. He wants Stephanie McMahon to come down to ringside. Steph walks down the l- the ring, looking all coy and like, "What's this?" Like her acting is really good, yeah. man. She's new to the industry at this point. She was fucking brilliant. Uh, some scumbag in the crowd chants, "We want puppies." <laughs> As Amelia she walks out. And amazingly, Jerry Lawler has still got a job. Yeah, fucking A. <laughs> uh, Tess asks out Stephanie, and Stephanie responds, I'd love to. And Vince and Shane a flip out backstage. Yeah, the lead answer is like, what does he want with Stephanie? What does he want with Stephanie? Yeah. And, and the best line as well, again, I don't know if it's scripted or Tess, like, basically shot himself. So, and your dad's going to have to get used to you dating a wrestler. No, <laughs> for well, he doesn't. <laughs> it? And as soon as she said yes, the best thing was like, Shamrock and Big Show high-fiving Tess. Like, good one, blad. <laughs> You yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah, go show her a good time. Yeah, it's cool, man. It works, you know. Did you know through listening to some stuff that comrades done yeah. that at the time Russo wanted Tess to be in DX? Oh, really? Yeah, they that saw. Sounds it- like a Russo-y thing to do, and he's a fucking idiot. If he thinks that's gonna work, Russo's point was, well, it's like Nash. It's like big sexy. <sighs> Comparing Tess to Kevin Nash well, is ridiculous. This is before, because obviously this would have been where Michaels was in it. And um, mm. apparently Michaels and Triple H were like, how many matches have you had? And it was like, oh, four. Yeah. And it was like, what, since been on the main roster? No, four. No, four matches. I mean, that's as many moves as Kevin Nash has, but Kevin Nash can <laughs> cut a promo and He's yeah. a cool dude, you know. <laughs> Tess never came across like a cool person to me. The only time that Tess in his career, I think, had a shot when the wwe cw started yeah um apparently he came back as Roydy magoo angry dude well he came back as Roydy magoo angry dude but yeah. he cut a promo backstage and apparently vince was there right. and vince was like that promo was amazing do it again on camera do it again tonight do it again on camera do it live on sci-fi
1: yeah.
0: oh my god we've got gold here vince is apparently backstage watching this test promo and test shits the bed with the promo <laughs> what a surprise <laughs> and vince is like oh fuck it don't bother <laughs> Yeah, so test Stephanie, and we all know where this story ends, so obviously we're mainly covering the Ministry Trilogy, but this is what leads to the greatest relationship in sports entertainment occurring in real life. Yeah, most powerful relationship for sure, yeah bet fucking triple h couldn't believe his fucking luck <laughs> I, i've been vilified for the curtain call but now i'm gonna do your <laughs> daughter and take over the company <laughs> i love the episode of the wedding and how triple h does it like
1: that oh, oh,
0: <laughs> so it's, it's brilliant it's so good man. absolutely love it it's a shame that test was involved in the whole storyline like rest in peace buddy all that sort of shit but like <laughs> hell, man. he's bad he's really bad man he's not good at he acting. wasn't ready and i know this is like ruse so was like this could be this would be kevin nashmark too and if you could cut a promo yeah because i remember once during that wedding thing mm. test like knocking things over like trying to run towards the ring it's a case of yeah triple h at the top of the ramp mate and you can run and stephanie's bawling her eyes out in the ring because like, oh, mm. yeah. I've, I've essentially been raped because <laughs> that's what it was and if you're asking we consummated the marriage several times <laughs> but if she's drugs, mate yeah. that's that's that, Katie Vick that, levels. That's rape, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Katie Vick was dead, remember? Ah, huh. <laughs> so uh, Stephanie was rape. <laughs> Let's move on. So, hilarious backstage segment with uh, the Doctor putting on a cast on Triple H's leg as Triple <laughs> H wiggles about, complaining it's too tight, and China's looking on being like, just get it done, dickhead. It's like, yeah. it's really funny. <laughs> I thought Triple H putting this over, like, he doesn't, yeah. like, doesn't want to be doing this, but it's really funny. Um, must I think this is a rib on him as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but I've got to say, I was always kind of a Triple H mark as a kid, but it was more for the outlandish DX sort of stuff, you know. Seeing his work back now, he was really, really good at his job. Yeah. Like, really easy to hate. Great at selling for people, getting people over. Like, yeah, we'll talk about it in his match in a bit, but like, he's just so good at it. Also, I like the fact he's now switched at this stage to Trunks from Tights and he's got his proper entrance music which we'll cover when he gets to his uh, Indeed so. So uh, the budget version of the DX theme plays as X-Pac makes his way to the ring. (laughs) X-Pac! Let's make some noise! Make a little noise! As a two-on-one handicap match of Kane and X-Pac versus Shane McMahon. So uh, Kevin Dunn hits the IC match graphic before (laughs) realising he's fucked up and cuts it off immediately. Uh, Shane slaps Puck. Puck barely sells it. Ah, the good old days (laughs) i I loved um i love the fact that austin when he was was saying x-pack yeah yeah. (laughs) x-pack love it sure man so shane legs it the not mean street posse cosplayers jump the barrier patterson briscoe run down kane gives rodney a choke slam as he bumps worse than i did in episode 50 (laughs) Look forward to that. Uh Puck music Puck's music plays. So the match is over. I guess that's it. It's a, bit of a schmoz you know. Yeah. Uh Briscoe and Patterson were pretty funny being on the Mean Street posse and posing and doing the Hogan stuff on the <laughs> ramp. Big time, even when the camera wasn't even on them I really enjoyed them. They were hilarious, man. They must have had the the time of their life during this period being yeah, the stooges. Yeah. yeah. It must have been so much fun. And the fact they got to be in a video game as well as yeah, playable characters like sure. WrestleMania two thousand, the N sixty four. Yeah, but so, Kane gives uh, Pete Gast the safest tombstone of all time. He's literally about three feet off of the floor. He's like, I'm not going to kill this person that's not trained, you know? Uh, Briscoe and Patterson do the Hogan poses, as we said. Like, really, really funny. So, uh, walk, walk, blah, blah. The Rock walks around backstage, arm in a cast. Uh, probably the left as we said I can't remember Uh, Triple H walks I can't talk hobbles badly doesn't he Triple H pretends that this cast is stopping him from being able to walk he does such a good job of selling it Uh, legging cast with China walking along next to him looking very serious Uh, Michael Cole boo (laughs) interviews Deborah backstage this is a bit weird isn't it can she do this Joey (laughs) (laughs) so uh she's passing out on her opportunity to defend the title because passing she has up sorry 30 days to defend yeah that's not how it works <laughs> well you've got 30, no you had 30 days to defend the title yeah. it's vacated unless wwe conveniently forget but if you're booked to, to brock lesnar <laughs> if you're booked to defend the title you go and defend the title you don't just get to go nah i don't want to do that tonight surely otherwise like take would be like nah i'm not wrestling austin don't worry about it I'm not wrestling big show. This no, makes fuck all sense. Makes <laughs> anyway, so going to have a bikini contest instead. Cause for fuck's sake, of course, you know. Cause we need to prove that Nicole Bass is actually a woman, not a chick with a dick. Uh, the whole thing is just like, okay, so the women don't get to wrestle. I just did bikini contests. This has not aged well. No. There's a few moments that haven't aged well on this show. <laughs> We're going to get to them. So, oh, Triple H has his music. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. His selling of the cast is hilarious on his way down to it's the like, ring. <laughs> like he fully falls down. It's so good. He stacks it. Yeah. so funny. A <laughs> uh, recap shows Triple H smashing a sledgehammer into Foley's knee, taking him out, which leads to a cast match. What we described earlier of the rock versus triple h with china in tow uh triple h and rock are heat magnets it's just the first note i've got here brilliant the crowd was into it yeah. start to finish even with the uh well-known gimmick match the cast match match so triple h does such an amazing job of feeding rock the whole way through this and his bumping even yeah. in the cast it was so nice to see he's so underrated like, go yeah. wa- go and watch like triple h matches not yay 99 2000s you know maybe not that main event at wrestlemania but the rest of them you know the one-on-ones e- even then go and see his match armageddon against vince oh yeah fucking Mark, a. me with that gun with the, with the when he spun the gun around and twatted vince with it yeah just, like, feeding for people like vince and shane yeah. as well like, oh he's so good uh rock hits triple h with a chair directly in front of the referee no disqualification goes for the people's elbow taker runs in instantly takes him out instant disqualification, disqualification. <laughs> can he fucking do that joey <laughs> <laughs> show comes out chases off taker um yeah mm. gotta get out of it though can't have because this is the thing like don't get me wrong now in current day wwe I cannot stand 50-50 booking. But to avoid making any of your residents week we will just never have finishes. What are the rules tax? What are the rules? Well, if the Undertaker gets involved, it's an automatic disqualification. But <laughs> a chair shot to the head where the ref's standing there going, Oh, I wasn't meant to look at that. <laughs> <You
1: know>?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the referee didn't see it,
1: it doesn't count.
0: Oh, maybe he was just like, Oh, there's a hot chick in the crowd. Oh, what happened? What was that loud noise? <laughs> you know? Hang on. He says his music sucks. My music doesn't suck. I'm oh, a referee. Fucking <laughs> hell. So Deborah, half naked, walks backstage. Uh, ad for ww.f.com. Um, which is uh, good they're promoting the internet and then we get a rescue of the week advert for the coast guard you're like what is this oh, yeah. sponsors stuff uh, recap of Val and Nicole Bass and all their recent going-ons that we've talked about in chapter one and two go back and listen to them check him out in the archive for sure uh jr says that um val likes being manhandled by nicole bass as we see a recap of nicole bass essentially bending val back last week and raw making out with him and val's like oh that was nice
1: wasn't it like <laughs>
0: i'm sure there's another bluetooth opportunity here but i'm gonna ignore it <laughs> sure, sure, but again val venus what a worker yeah uh, massively underrated yeah uh, we've talked about it last week and the week before, but he had a couple of matches with guys like D'Lo Brown and Jeff Jarrett and I like, which pff, are classic, really good matches. Real, totally staple, totally underrated. real staple of the Attitude Era, like Delo yeah. Jeff Jarrett, Godfather and Val Venus, that mid-card was made so good. Sure. Do you think if Val didn't have a porn star gimmick, he could have been a top card, like headliner sort of guy? Um, No. Okay. I think the Val in the ring was so much better than he was with a promo. Mm-hmm. I know he got his porn star promo over, but then... I think you could see where his role in the company was with the uh, the right to censor, and then Bischoff's assistant when he was Sean Morley. Yeah, but is that not Dolph Ziggler syndrome, where you've been there enough and done this role enough that when they suddenly change or we try to change you or just give you a push, it's like, well, it's the the shine has gone. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's a shame because he could have. And I I know I remember when we spoke on an earlier episode that when Val was in like a WWF title tournament. Yeah. And it was him and Austin on an episode of Raw. It's like, fucking hell, when Val turned heel. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Really good. So, bikini contest. Deborah with her valet of the Intercontinental Champ- Intercontinental Champion, je Wow, it's double J. Versus Nicole Bass with her ballet. And I see. Of her valet of Valvinus. Nice role reversal I thought it's kind of funny Uh, King jumps in the ring With the mic Because he has to talk His usual bollocks For anything like this He was so excited On commentary Got over that I'm going to go And offer my services For this bikini contest Oh I am (laughs) I bet you are Said JR (sighs) These are too old For you Jerry
1: (laughs) by
0: like 20 years <laughs> at least so uh val looks very uh sorry uh nicole bass looks very uncomfortable uh how can you blame her to be totally honest you know? especially when you're doing a mangina it really hurts <laughs> um careful now <laughs> uh, the crowd boos bass as she disrobes and you're like oh this is just unfortunate you know she's meant it's to be, bullying, face. To be, fair, really let's be honest like, i've just written what is this trash because it's it's not achieving anything it should be achieving. It's the just Cole the t- Mass is face. Deborah's meant to be the heel. Or well, kind of. Isn't she like a willing prostitute that we've been talking about recently? Yeah, she's one of the good father's hoes. So she's a good girl. <sighs> Sigh of disappointment. I mean, so, less, less said of this. Really yeah. needs to be done. Well, the best bit is where King announces the winner because he goes, "The winner, Nicole." I mean, sorry, Deborah is the winner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like you, fucking idiot. Now we know what you like, Jerry. Sure. Who gives a flying fuck? Let's carry on. So Val and JJ brawl at the end of it. Uh, Bass almost botches, accidentally smashing a guitar over Val's head, like k fame, blah, blah, completely fucks it up because uh, Val's head is busted open at the back. I think she hit him with the like the um, what's it called, the neck, yeah, of the guitar, actually smacking it over his head, So like that looked painful. Uh he shouts at Nicole Bass, Nicole Bass goes, Screw you and walks off. Just the opposite of what the story's been up until this point. Yep. Great. <laughs> Let's move on. So Shamrock putting over his putting putting on his MMA gloves backstage. Vince fist-bumping backstage. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, come on, Vinny, you can do it. Uh, we get a GTV segment here. Talk about bullshit. So, <laughs> Hang on, no, this was not bullshit. This had my wankathon in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Jacqueline, Terry Runnels, and are uh, on the podcast way too often than she deserves, Ryan Shamrock, are <laughs> 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 a- a- chatting shit backstage about the size of dudes' dicks from what is essentially a spy cam. Uh, aren't there laws against this sort of spy cam thing especially broadcasting it on the usa network well it's a good thing that no one ever was found out that this was actually on the dark web they never even paid this off hornswoggle why not he's blamed for everything oh, for fuck's sake! but this was essentially trying to hype up that meat had a massive wang oh okay they never mentioned his name no they, they mentioned that there's only one piece of meat that i care about yeah. and that was meat himself <laughs> i love this uh writer's dream of like you know women are in a locker room They're all naked, just wearing towels, right? Yeah, that's definitely how women are in locker rooms. They're not shitting. (laughs) (laughs) Moolah, what have you left in there? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Cue the pimp music. Our next match is, is he a heel? Is he a face? Who knows? Mr. Ass is here versus the Godfather with his hose. It's that time, once again, for everybody to jump aboard the Sexual Exploitation of Women train! Here we go! Let's having a party! <laughs> yeah, I have issues. I mean, they've gotta make money somehow. What, the women or the wrestlers? Uh, the women from the wrestlers. <laughs> there we go. So, I mean, yeah, they probably made a good bit of money backstage, let's be honest about it. <laughs> well, as a wise man once said, pimping ain't easy. <laughs> So, a recap of the Godfather versus Road Dog from Heat, where Mister Ass hit Godfather with the chair. Was the idea that he was meant to be hitting Road Dog, but accidentally hit the Godfather? Yes, because Road Dog didn't duck. Mister Ass had to go over the top of him to then hit the Godfather. Yeah, Cause this is why. The- re- why re-show this botch just to set up King of the Ring? I was going to wonder: is this the year that we Billy Gunn the King of the Ring? <laughs> we when... hedge <laughs> for it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Go on. no. That that this is the setup for the one Billy Gunn. Well, <sighs> Mister Ass. Bef- yeah, I mean, talk about pushes that never actually worked. You know, oh, it was awful. Uh, he was always pushed. I think just because he was one Triple H's boys. Yeah, sure. and he, and again to look at him, great. But was his best really- work was bit with Billy and Chuck, and the uh, wedding. Um, I like the New Age Outlaws in like 97, 98. seven, ninety eight. They're really, really good. they the dickheads, you know. Yeah, the the guys who can't wrestle but somehow beat the LOD every week. You know, yeah. I love that. That was really funny. Clever booking as well, you know. um, You know, I love a good heel duo at the top of a company. No spoilers. So, uh, Godfather jumps Mr. Ass on the ramp. They do 90s Hoss kind of wrestling, but like with some high spots. These guys are yeah. really agile. You've got yeah. to say they're, they're capable of doing great things. I mean, they don't lie when they say on commentary, Billy Gunn, pound for pound, won the best athletes on the roster. Because sure. he was. He really was. Uh, surprisingly big as well. Whenever I see him next to other people in documentaries and stuff nowadays, because the time we was at the PC and stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm amazed at how big he is. I mean, the, the telling point at the mm. moment, and he was a strange choice for AEW to be there, but if you look at him standing next to most of the AEW roster, other than Luchasaurus, he's yeah. like towering over them. Sure, I can see why they thought he might have the potential, but I think maybe a drug problem and things like that are yeah. not helping issues at all here. No. So uh, Road Dog does a run-in, gives Mr. Ass a pump-handle slam. The and slowest like, pump-handle slam in history. The worst slowest finisher Ever detest it, absolutely detest it. I would rather watch John Gonzalez do something than watch this goddamn pump. And it's not even a pump handle yeah. slam because he doesn't get him up. He's like, Ugh, just drop him. Yeah, it's not a great running maneuver either. It takes a long time to get no. there and all that sort of shit. <laughs> Put your hand through your legs and oh, position, lift, lift you up. Have I, have I got you? I've got <laughs> you up. Okay, and I've slammed you down. So what's happened in the last couple of weeks? Because they were a tag team, and then Billy Gunn beat up X Park out of frustration. So Road Dogg was getting annoyed with Billy Gunn. Yeah, Mr. Ass, whatever. How have we got to this point where Road Dog's interfering in matches essentially for Road... I'm sorry, Billy Gunn's interfering in matches for Road Dog, But then the night after, Road Dog runs out to attack Billy Gunn so that he loses to the Godfather. Well, no, because if you if you think the chair shot, which they showed, he was aiming that for Road Dogg. He was supposed to get out of the way. But so still that's nice not what it shows, Tax. I know it's not what it shows because Road Dog fucked it up. <laughs> but why... Oh, yeah why would they show it again <laughs> exactly but they needed to explain why they were having the match between Billy Gunn and Godfather because he hit him with a chair oh the
1: fuck's sake
0: this and is so dumb you think this is dumb this is leading up to the rights to who owns the DX name tag match oh god I remember that so um, leg drop by the godfather Godfather always gets a three right Hogan <laughs> <laughs> for the one two three winner godfather I mean I've heard that Charles Wright and Terry Blair get on really well <laughs> that's a fight I'd like to see <laughs> <laughs> anyway so draws now but back's gone oh before we do that I don't know if I've ever told you my Charles Wright godfather Papa Shango tweet story direct message no I know you've got him tattooed on you so i've got uh, the papa Shango tattoo yeah and i sent a dm of it after i had it done to charles Wright. oh cool and charles Wright messaged back saying that's amazing that's really cool i'm glad it's like left an impact i didn't particularly like the character but i'm really <laughs> glad you did it <laughs> that's I- nice yeah. and i said oh no thanks very much for getting back to me and he said if you're ever in las vegas come to my bar i'll buy you a drink and i sent him a message like well i'm actually there in three months time for my honeymoon and it's like brilliant here's the address tell like here's the days i'm gonna be working when you're there come and find me yeah and obviously when i'm in vegas with my wife my new wife on yeah. honeymoon w- he doesn't just own a bar does he no because <laughs> this is what i said i was like um you know i got that tattoo and I. Uh, he's kind of invited me off to his <laughs> bar know, just showing... a little bit i'm like imagine this conversation this is not gonna go well <laughs> and i was like maybe we could go by to his bar and she's like, oh great yeah brilliant okay what's the bar called <laughs> Um, she basically we found it Showed her the website And she's like We are not going there We're certainly <laughs> not going there On our honeymoon <laughs> So the godfather Who politely invited me oh, To his strip club God in Vegas shit. And would buy me a drink Oh this is an amazing story I was cock blocked By my wife <laughs> Holy fuck I can't man. believe I've never told you that before you never told me that That is a great story man oh so Mate, we're gonna have to find a, a wrestlemania or a summer slam in vegas aren't we if that's the invite that's there i mean this was right, like yeah. i got married six years ago oh, i'm sure if you just send him a dm of the tattoo again they'd be like oh yeah come come say hello man that'd be awesome yeah i'll be like my wife wouldn't let me come this time are you divorced now no, no. oh just don't bring her but she's not here though so <laughs> i not gonna listen to this uh so droz and albert backstage with michael cole boo <laughs> <laughs> droz and albert do puking Draws trying to real puke. Albert did this going, I've got milk. (laughs) (laughs) What, why? He's, He's puke. I know, but why still? This is disgusting. It's a man vomiting on live television. Well, <laughs> he must have had his fingers down his throat until the moment they cut to rolling, yeah? Yeah. Cause like there's no way you can do this. We know he can't do it. We've seen him not be able to in do it. Beyond the mat. Yeah, of course. The best thing in Beyond the Mat is where Vince goes, Do you want some coffee? So <laughs> <laughs> like, do we just stick my fist down your throat, help you out? You know, like, oh it's so dumb. And I and then like draws afterwards in Beyond the Mat, going, Ma, I've got in. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'll be proud of me. I'm puke now. I'm puked. <laughs> so funny so to, uh, they can't promo they're gonna walk out blah blah he just does lots of puke and it's pretty gross uh, Taker sits back in his um bloop. Taker sits in his black lit room cause he's a goth of course uh, Big Show sits in his normal locker room like a normal human being. <laughs> from goth to boss exactly WWF <laughs> hardcore title match I've just written here if this lasts longer than a minute I will eat my own fucking penis <laughs> so uh, Al Snow the champion versus draws with Prince Albert including entrances <laughs> Well... Even that is uh, <laughs> this is seconds. So they immediately run from the ring to some backstage area through the crowd. Um, the sheet rod sheetrock board they pick up, it goes to hit him with and it completely snaps in half and doesn't even yeah. get there. And then picks up the other half, tries to do it again, that breaks, and you're like, Oh, for fuck's sake, just get just pin him. Just pin him, get out of here, let's they, go home. But they didn't pin, they end up going into a bar. I know, so and that- it lasted longer than a minute. So oh, well, on up. episode one hundred, you'll be eating your dick. <laughs> I'll eat her dick. <laughs> so anyway, so walk and Brawl bollocks into the bar Max page. they try and do the comedy dragging draws along <laughs> al, the bar but because he's not got a shirt on and the, it's quite a sticky surface it's kind of
1: like
0: like an inch at a time and al draws ends up like swimming on the bar to get himself like oh no this is terrible and all the, the sugar glasses just left there untouched <laughs> oh it's so shit because they've got all the glasses stacked up at yeah. the end that they don't go into Man, Al Snow's a shit worker and draws is inexperienced, right? This, just me, is one of my favourite shitty segments <laughs> ever on Raw. The only thing that beats this broken <laughs> how is this your favorite anything <laughs> because it's so shit okay cool. But where things are supposed to like then it's pitched and like yeah. then in reality it's a case of right like, drawers has got sweaty so we won't slide along the bar <laughs> this is only seconded by the time where rock and goldberg had things do you remember this where goldberg chased rock out the back rock jumped in I hum a hummer limo and it escaped it drove away really fast kind of yeah and then goldberg jumped into this big like muscle car and beforehand it had flooded so Goldberg was trying to get it to go to chase off and couldn't do it, so got out of the car and ran after the Hummer, <laughs> but in the wrong way. Oh, and the whole storyline no. was that Rock hadn't actually got in the Hummer, so Goldberg ran away, pretty much <sighs> past where Rock was standing. Who then just looked back out of the camera. I don't remember that, <laughs> mate. We're well, gonna I've, have to look it up. That well, sounds funny. I'd find it, but yeah, on this, if you know what that segment, this thing between draws and Al Snow was on par of just a level of just. Don't fucking bother, boys. And then when they picked up the plant at the end to finish it, it's like, what's happened? So, I mean, the finish is even weirder because he picks up the plant pot, uses it, and then doesn't pin him He grabs some other object It's like a bit of plaster Or something It's like an o- he's like, He called it a piece of art is <laughs> what JR called it <laughs> So They're obviously improvising Because they fucked up The glass bit uh, But that's That's the finish boys One two three And still Al Snow Fuck it Who cares Let's carry on So Ken Shamrock Walks backstage Because you know Fuck Vince Russo um, Michael Cole Boo Catches up with Vincent Mann man backstage Audio cuts in A bit too late So we don't get to hear What Cole says Yes Yay! Yes <laughs> Yes <Yeah.
1: laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Vince just says uh, You think I'm afraid Of Ken Shamrock And you're like Uh, Yeah, you fucking should be. It's Ken Shamrock. I believe you painted him as the world's most dangerous man. Exactly. But the arrogance of Vince works. Yeah. And we didn't have to listen to Michael Cole. So it's fucking brilliant, (laughs) boys. Let's carry on. (laughs) Second best pro of the night. (laughs) (laughs) So next up is our Lions Den match of the corporate ministry will get fired if they interfere in the match. That's for all these union matches as well. Of Ken Shamrock versus Vince McMahon. First thing I thought here was, bloody hell, how did the referee get up there? Well, on the top of the, uh, I didn't see any steps from to get round on the top of the lion's den. Must have climbed up. There might be um, the rigging at the back. They that have that oh, top yeah, camera on, was maybe. right next to this. But like, if you haven't seen it, uh, do you want to describe the lion's den? So basically, lion's den is a way to get round of using the word octagon because of mm. UFC having the uh, the rights to that in a sports and or entertainment environment. Um, so the lion's den is basically a MMA cage. And it's at a V-shape, essentially. It's, it's quite clever. Yeah. And then they've got a, uh, a platform all around the top of the lion's den for yeah. the referee to stand on and obviously camera work. I don't hate it. I don't hate this at all. I think it looks quite good and scary and unique and... Like a, a real cage fight, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they didn't bother with any fancy-down lighting because when they did no. some of the camera angles, it's this case if you just saw the concrete floor and some of the cheap seats. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, the one problem with it is that you have to have it on the ramp. You can't have it in the ring. No. Because it doesn't fit and everything, you know. But um, you can see what they're doing. Yeah, it, it works. Yeah, sure. The, I I was thinking about would this be better than an octagon for like the UFC or something. Um, the problem is that that massive platform at the top would stop everyone's view of what was happening. Yeah, uh, and know. also you need the referee in there to stop it as yeah, sure. straight as, yeah, as, of, course, as of course, can yeah, yeah. but the idea is gonna like elbow drop down get off him? <laughs> <Macho> style, <you laughs> yeah. know? but um the bit i liked about it in terms of like an actual legitimate cage for fights or whatever is that because it's quite a lot taller than the ufc cage you don't get that thing of people lying their hands across the top of the cage or anything like that yeah. but then you lose the camera angle of the camera being able to come over the top yeah so there's positives and negatives in terms of if it was a legitimate thing but whatever, uh, I, I think I've overanalyzed this. To be totally honest, probably because Fox Sports want real fighting. I think we'll see more lines there, matches on SmackDown from Who next knows, Friday. Man. Who knows? I doubt it. <laughs> but uh, Ken Shamrock recently making his return to pro wrestling, been for Impact recently. Yep, definitely a guy I'd like to see utilised. Yeah. I like Ken. I've a soft spot for him. Yeah, I think in Attitude Era, his character and like his like I've just lost my mind snapping was yeah. Really cool. I'm thinking more of like an authority figure or like um, a I, trainer, or like a manager type thing. So he can cut a promo, dude. He's yeah. angry, and but that's the thing. He's, he's angry. I think he's comfortable in front of the cage. Yeah, think of like Jason Jordan. I'm not Jason Jordan. What's the other guy? Chad Gable. Chad Gable. Chad Cable. Ken Shamrock. No, because no. they because they're going. Think- to, they've already trademarked the name, the future name for Chad Gable, which will kill his career. Shorty G. Moving on. <sighs> So, uh, no, that's not going to happen. Surely that can't happen. All the short jokes, and they've trademarked the name Shorty G. I know WWE trademark a lot of things for sport and or entertainment, but they're doing all of these short jokes for Chad Gable where they made him cut his hair, get rid of his singlet, he could have been fucking new cut angle, and they've ruined him. I'm not against cutting your hair, using the singlet, whatever. I think that's fine. You need a bit of a change of character. But, but calling a wrestler Shorty if, if G. If they go there, that's going to be Enzo Amore in Mark II, which is just terrible because, yeah. Anyway. Hang on, so, what's Enzo doing these days? Uh, fucking. So, <laughs> um, Vince locks himself in the lion's den cage before Shamrock can make his entrance. ba bum Oh, good. Cool yeah, Shamrock's entrance it was very good. Fucking A, man. So Vince has got the chain that latches the door and he's closing it and he's holding it still while Shamrock's trying to get it in the cage. Shamrock eventually charges the cage door because Vince has pulled the chain out like he's going to use it to smack yeah. Shamrock. Uh, Shamrock then turns around after opening the cage door. Bit of a weird choice, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. But he's got to be hit by Jeff Jarrett in the head with a chair. So that's why he's turned around. Kenny falls into the cage. Vince puts an ankle lock on Shamrock. Ref calls for the bell. What was this shit? Fucking Shamrock screwed Shamrock. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about this. It was just all a bit weird. Feels the, like a missed opportunity almost. Purely to set up Double J and Shamrock. Yeah. Again, because they're moving away. And God, what a waste of Ken Shamrock. Mm at this time yeah definitely he's come out of a fuse with like austin and brett and people like that and now he's like eh, well let's elevate jeff double j yeah, okay. um so the, the the narrative is that jeff Jarrett isn't part of the corporate ministry so him interfering in it doesn't it's get fine. fired fuck off entry so so uh show and take Go on you wanna say <laughs> No, anything? i was just gonna say obviously because he's gonna let his mate come out and do things isn't he yeah of course yeah so uh i wonder what Jarrett had over Vince or the other way around like Russo that this happened or what he saw in Jeff Jarrett that no one else in the world saw probably because Jarrett might have been the first person to take Russo seriously as a booker and Russo probably latched onto him because Jeff Jarrett being a sensible politic man would sit there and go right well he's in charge I'll be his mate it's always easy to latch onto the first person that like you work with yeah. than the better person maybe you're working yeah, with exactly. because of that loyalty aspect. So I respect loyalty, but sometimes it has to be for the betterment of the product. You know what I mean? Whatever. Um, show and take a walk around backstage. Because, you know... Roseau. Yeah, cool. Uh, recap of Taker breaking a club <laughs> over <laughs> show. Describe this to me. So... Undertaker, for some reason, had what I believe would be referred to as a ball bat. Yeah, but made of balsa wood, maybe? Definitely balsa wood. <laughs> and then as he's twatted Big Shot over the skull with it, yeah. Um, I'd say maybe 12% of the ball bat flew off into the crowd. Dangerous. Yeah. Uh, don't buy those first row sheets, seats. Mm, and um, nah. and the rest of the bat was like, take was like oh, shoot. Yeah. Didn't really work, did it? It was very much a gimmicked ball bat. Yeah, yeah. But also... But to the point of like, oh, that's embarrassing. But Looks also a like Irene, Like snapping over someone's head Certainly not the same length As a standard baseball bat No So I wonder again If this is an attempt to dig at Sid Maybe it was a softball bat <laughs> Maybe Who knows <laughs> So Vince and Shane Run away to their limo They're out of here Fair enough Cool You know I miss these little bits To be totally honest And fair place a limo driver That was a really narrow tunnel For it to speed through <laughs> I was like bloody hell I struggle with narrow country lanes In my car Imagine doing that with a limo <laughs> King of the Ring promo, the Mr. Ass year, if you will. Uh, Time for your main event of the evening for the WF World Heavyweight Championship match of The Undertaker with Paul Bearer. I was going to say The Undertaker with Paul Bearer, our current champion. That doesn't make sense. The Undertaker, (laughs) who is our current champion with Paul Bearer versus The Big Show. No longer Paul White, just The Big Show now. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah, because Vince McMahon apparently was saying, well, who's Paul White? That yeah. doesn't sell t shirts. Yeah. You're the whole show. You're the big show. Big show's a weird name for a human being. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's got over. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that everyone knows him as a show. Uh, the simple thing is that you could have called him fucking anything, he'd get over He's a fucking seven foot tall, 400 pound giant, you know? What could have done to get him over is maybe just have him here on pay per views and not appear weekly on TV and be ruined. High Braun Strowman. Yeah. Be a solid face or a solid heel, you know? Oh, that sounds clever, doesn't it? You know? oh, High Braun Strowman. Yeah, yeah. But they are so close to saving him. Yeah, the bits I've seen with Seth and stuff have been okay. Like, I don't what? know how he fits in with The Fiend and everything else. He but doesn't. Yeah. Brock beats Kofi brawn finally beats brock oh that'd be good because you know not be i know obviously you can't have the fiends kicking around on fox doing things but Braun Strowman doing baseball commentary and promoting WWE on Fox. He's he? going to be on there because he's a flipping man mountain. Cool. I've always said that Braun would be one of those guys you put on kids TV. Yeah. Whatever it would be, award shows and stuff. And he, he comes across like a genuinely interesting, funny sort of character, you know? I've um, being a little bit of a nerd and sometimes just needing something to switch off after work. I do watch yeah. like these table for three things that they put on the network. I watch them quite occasionally. And yeah. he did one with Alexa Bliss and Ember Moon. Okay. And I think they were, I can't remember what um, American Diner they're at but obviously it was sponsored by that show because they were ordering from the new menu okay. and basically they all ordered burgers and Braun Strain was like yours looks quite good um. <laughs> so eats Alexa Bliss's and Ember Moon's burgers. <laughs> He's a funny dude. I think it could be a bit overbearing backstage if you're around him all the time. But as yeah. an on-screen character, just him as a human being is solely interesting. And also, I love the fact that he has this little friendship with tiny little Alexa Bliss. Yeah, it's, it's so good, cute, man. I'd be worried if I was Buddy Murphy. But
1: you know
0: <laughs> How did he manage that? We'll never know. Anyway, so if some dude at ringside has a sign that says "Your music sucks," which we've talked. About- <laughs> earlier everyone's a critic you know <laughs> uh, JR is working so hard to make it uh, the obvious that Show is a legit threat to Taker um, I think he needs to at this point even though like you know Show being this absolute giant is an obvious threat to our world heavyweight champion at this point yeah but he's um, the bookings a bit yeah, with Show up until this point I'd say well, cause when he came in at Valentine's Day Massacre in 99 um, it was the case. Oh, what a moment the throw through the cage with Austin yeah. Oh, brilliant. And they could have made him. But then they lost interest in him. He did his thing with Mankind at WrestleMania 15. And then since then, it's like, fucking hell. What are we going to do with this lump of shit? Yeah, sure. Uh, He's so agile. He's so big. Like, his promo is getting a bit better as well. I I think you could have done something really special with this guy. His best work came when he worked with Taker in a tag team. Yeah, maybe. I enjoy I don't know I, I about enjoyed that. that most, but that's also when the Undertaker pretty much like he needs to go down to OVW yeah. and lose weight. Yeah. I and I think the problem with Big Show has always been that he didn't want to be a giant, he wanted to be an athlete, he wanted to be a worker. Yeah. Great, but you shouldn't be bumping. You shouldn't be ever going off your feet unless it's a rare moment. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's it's um it's um I know it's, a lot, I know it's a cliche an 80s know, concept, like, but yeah. it, it still works today. I agree. I, I don't disagree yeah. at all. What I'm saying is that he's so good and so agile, like a Braun Strowman nowadays, you know what I mean? Like, But I also yes, wonder... Yes, keep safe, keep your knees in good shape, all that sort of stuff, because a guy that big having to carry that weight on those little yeah. knee joints, you know, like, no matter how big or strong you are, those knees and ankles are fragile, you know? like There's nothing you can do about that. I do have another thought process for Big Show, which isn't... Um not the right approach to have with it but I also wonder a lot of the time with WWE if they didn't ever really pull the trigger on him because of Andre because as soon as Andre started deteriorating they couldn't deal with it they couldn't cope with it do you think there's an element of if you make show your top guy who's going to tell him that he has to put people over anymore because that was the problem with Andre as well they got to the point where they just couldn't tell Andre what to do because he's Andre for fuck's sake and and I think as well that this is coming from documentaries it's not just my opinion you know yeah I think also with Big Show, it's the case they could never fully pull the trigger and put him as the top guy because who would legitimately beat him? Take and wh- Kane, Austin Rock, you can all those guys can go yeah, over. But th- that's the thing though. But then you're looking at in real fight mode. It dis- um, it'd y- kill him. You're saying that, but then like you know, you look at the early UFCs, which are around this sort yeah. of time period, like five, ten years give or take. But there's definitely smaller guys beating bigger guys legitimately with technique and yeah. all that sort of stuff, you know. But you'd assume that show can fight is the thing. He seems well-trained, yeah. he's a good grappler. Like, you see the stuff he's done in the ring. If it was a legitimate fighting sport, you know he can go, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I just think mm, that there was something... Great <laughs> <laughs> Former world champion. <laughs> who, I mean, who doesn't want to see a Punjabi prison match? That's the only reason why they put Ginger Mahal with the belt on him. They were like, we've still got this goddamn Punjab prison. <laughs> um, this. Go- so where's he from? Canada. Nope. Punjab, <laughs> we can't put the Singh brothers in it because they're not over enough yet. No, it was Mahal. Um, um, <laughs> the whole wearing a turban, even though you're not Sikh. Well, Tiger Ali Singh. <sighs> God, oh, and Chaz shit. and Dilo. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. We we haven't had any Beaver Cleavage uh, promos Thank today. God, <laughs> I think he's gone by this point, isn't he? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, it doesn't go for long. For two weeks, two weeks after the start of the promos. Yeah, didn't he do something really fucked up? I seem to remember. Not oh, Chaz? Yeah, I think we've had this conversation before. Mm, Maybe I know, I'm I wrong. Remember. I seem to remember looking it up and I was wrong, so I'll just skip over it. So, uh... Big Show and Taker do 90s hoss wrestling as you might expect. Uh, Walk and brawl to ringside. Uh, They seem to spend most of the match leaning on the commentary table, kind of throwing little spots at each other and punching and things. I'm going, this is really weird. Why are they out by the commentary table for so long? (laughs) And then Earl takes a huge tumble running away from Taker. I'll have another ref. It's it's maybe the best moment in the whole thing. (laughs) Taker goes to chase him. Earl goes, whoa, (laughs) and then stacks it past the camera. It's really funny. Uh, Big Show delivers on his promise earlier, but they get back in the ring and Big Show said earlier in his promo that he was going to choke slam Taker to hell. And so he delivers on this by slamming Taker through the ring. Paul Heyman's ears just pricked up as he watches (laughs) this happen. (laughs) Because this is ECW all over with uh, Bam 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 and Taz. That's the one. And oh, that's why they weren't in the ring for most of the match because they were obviously sorting out this hole for them to fall through. Someone's been gimmicking that ring. When you see it, they've cut like like, almost like an S shape all around the ring to make it look like they've kind of cracked through. Obviously, yeah. I'm surprised we didn't hear like you know someone with a jigsaw going kind of, cutting the hole in the ring. I think what would have happened is under the ring they would have taken out the um, the metal frames underneath that part of the ring. Yeah, so, rather than the supporting board, and I would have assumed earlier in the day they'd already cut out the S sure, under the board, sure. so they pulled out that and then it just allowed gravity to help breaking everything else I was almost tempted to go back and see if anyone bumped on that part of the ring in the whole show I bet they fucking didn't Uh, probably not actually because you know WF do their job unlike WCW (laughs) pricks how could they possibly have done that to Bulldog that's the most fucked up shit ever isn't it yeah anyway Um, so uh, Ref calls for the bell for some reason (laughs) because the match isn't over it's just gone through the ring Oh, technically his hand's down there three (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't counter anything wow can he do that, Joe? Uh Brad Shaw walks in, gets a choke slam for Big Show. Oh, but you haven't done this part first. So obviously, show's lying on still the flat the top oh, yeah. part of the ring. Undertaker's fallen down, and then for some reason, Big Show decides to fall in <laughs> a minute afterwards, and then it looks like he was like just stamping on the Undertaker. So it was like undertaker's Undertaker was like, Fucking come in here. <laughs>
1: Fucking come in here.
0: And then the stamping was like, ooh-huh ooh ooh, ooh but isn't there a part of this story with Taker where he comes up from under the ring sometimes through the ring as well? Yeah. Like, isn't this like his home <laughs> almost? Yeah. Like his grotto, his cable. His yeah. grotto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird thing. Uh, the, the visual's kind of cool. They go through the ring. It's the first time in a WWF situation someone's gone through the ring, isn't it? I think so, yeah. But obviously, as you said, it's definitely ripped off Taz and Bam Bam. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it's not done as well, I'd say. No. Yeah. Because they both go down. Taz yeah. and Bam Bam with like being on his back and then jumping backs and going through that part of the ring yeah yeah with the whole section out yeah it's just a really cool spot and right? the reaction of the fans in ECW was much greater than the fans yeah. here obviously it got a massive there, pop there was still a pop yeah, yeah. sure like the, the front row there was three people that were like oh did you see that like talking to each other and popping but up but I think know? because Big Show was still up there and then the thing which Bam Bam and Taz is that when he came back out in ECW and then the fans popped he's alive yeah yeah that was a great moment. So uh, ref calls for the bell. As you said, uh, Bradshaw comes out, gets a choke slam from Big Show. Same for Farouk. let Taker take a rolls out of the ring and walks to the back. Midian takes a choke slam for good measure as well. Poor boy. Uh, gotta say, show is super over here. Yeah, really, really over. Yeah, the I crowd mean, pop hard. I'm so clearly didn't enjoy the match because based on his facial expression, he's walking up the ramp. He's like, "Fuck this." Yeah, I wonder what he bumped on underneath there. Uh, Wood probably something because he's still quite young shitty you know yeah, yeah I bet that it wasn't fun that's probably why he wasn't really happy he was like come down here Paul White <laughs> so uh' like one blah, blah, job <laughs> so uh, kind of a cool start to finish the show um, as JR shouts and um, we're out of here that's the whole show nice to finish as well especially that they've had this whole thing of Austin and Undertaker, Austin McMahon to finish it on someone else yeah a new star yeah that can legitimately be competition for Taker yeah and yeah, uh, yeah. that. It did the trick because, like, well, the only reason why Undertaker escaped is he went through the ring. Yeah, sure. And you know, with the corporate ministry guys coming out, I noticed that there aren't any corporate ministry guys. It's just yep, ministry, ministry guys, which is already like, oh, so why did you mix the stables if they're not one stable? Like, yeah. oh, I don't know. I'm just being critical now. Um, yeah, it's all right. Not bad. Uh, obviously, the re- of, you know when we went to select which trilogy we would cover, it would either be WCW beginning, middle, end or the corporate ministry, well, yeah. Ministry of Darkness, really. I suggested the ministry as well, because this is my favorite version of The Undertaker. The whole presentation of him, the okay. whole druid character, his whole appearance. It was so good. And it was the ultimate foil for the Rock to transition between, for Austin's transition between Rock and Vince McMahon. It was a nice um, sort sure. of respite for the usual feuds. Yeah. Um, as a kid... I absolutely adored this. Yeah. I remember uh, watching it and being shocked and being pissed off when Vince unveiled himself, even though I kind of knew what was going to happen, I think. Uh, Maybe I didn't, but I'm convinced I did. Um, The soundbite is what made this trilogy for me because as soon as the yeah. greater power is revealed that is the you think about that is the death of this gimmick it's not just that sound but you've got two which are like legendary like, yeah where to stephanie and the it Ooh! was me Austin. <laughs> it was me all along austin yeah and even the you all fell for it hook line and sinker you are fools, made fools of you know yeah there's so many quotables in these couple of shows And we got to see the beginning of SmackDown as well, that is a big transitional phase of WF, you know? Yeah, the test run to go back to network TV for Thunder. This also led on to the uh, Austin versus McMahon's in the ladder match where we suddenly had the the raising briefcase above the ring that never, was never explained as who raised the black yeah. the briefcase when Austin went up there, there's quite a lot of like, oh, well, if we tried this, then we can make it this person at the end or whatever, and never unveiling it because probably someone's moved companies or yeah. something, you know. Basically, the Attitude Era was like lost. Why is there a yeah. fucking polar bear there? It, it's lots of oh, this will be great without any sort of long sighted. What yeah. are we going to finish with? But saying that, there are good long-term storytelling bits and not just for one or two guys there's 10 15 people involved in storylines that are continuous yeah they may not be perfect but that's gotta be pretty difficult because only like four or five people at the most are booking this yeah it's not a team of writers at this point there's three or four people really and that's the thing which russo to his credit always said he, want, he wanted something for everyone on that roster to do. There were storylines yeah. through Heat. There were storylines through Raw Superstars, Velocity, Ignition, whatever was on there. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that I've taken home most—Shotgun about- <laughs> Saturday nights. <laughs> <laughs> all in those nightclubs that Paul Heyman helped him find in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. The main thing that I've now taken rewatching the Ministry and the Corporation is I had no idea back at the time that this was an engine to get Triple H over. Yeah, me neither. It's phenomenal how integral that Triple H has been to this storyline, and that this yes. was used to catapult him to the main event. What was this? Was this June? June, yeah. Okay, so we're eight months from him winning the main event at WrestleMania, the first ever heel yeah. to win a main event. I'm a man in every corner. Yeah. This leads up to obviously they've got the the um, the um, Armageddon match between Triple H and Vince, what we mentioned earlier. You get Foley in Madison Square Garden, Hell in a Cell, yeah. hardcore stuff. Because you know? this is another time where we're going to have a period of where Austin's out, yeah, injured. So it got to Survivor Series because that's when he got run over. I did it for The Rock. Yeah. Because yeah. you've already had Rock and Triple H with the IC yeah. over the last couple of years, which is one of my favorite feuds of all time. That yeah. SummerSlam ladder match.
1: Yeah. I fucking Great. love that match.
0: Really underrated or sometimes forgotten about ladder match. Yeah, sure. As a kid, that was like prime pro wrestling fandom for me. Yeah. So that always stood out as more of a nostalgia thing. But you, we watched it back and it was really, really cool, you know. Did we do that for the pod? Or did we I haven't done it, it yet, yeah, yeah. I think I just watched it recently, but yeah. it's fine, it's fine. Um, I did have one thought over watching these three shows, kind of getting to the end of this third show. Uh, it goes, I started to think about how this company won the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> and then I remembered how utterly shit WCW was. <laughs> 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 because this is lacking... One major thing, and I know we've talked about it a couple of times now, there is fuck all wrestling on this wrestling show. Yeah. (laughs) Compared to what the the level that guys are at now, it's ridiculously different. Bell to bell, as you said, considering the opening promo was a third of the show outside of commercials, I think maybe we had 12 minutes of wrestling. Yeah. Over like... (laughs) three shows but yeah but if you think that so then you that means you've got an hour and 10 minutes of promo and backstage shenanigans and entrances it's a lot to take in like i for nostalgia's sake i enjoy doing a lot of this yeah um knowing what was going to happen makes the stories a lot less interesting yes and if you look at it now today Because this is the problem they've got. Where they don't have as much storytelling, because they've got more wrestling, because they've got the best wrestlers on their roster than they've ever had. Yeah. They just don't have the best storytellers. Mm -hmm. And also, you've got a team of writers who can't write for shit. It feels like it. But because of that... I know it's a big statement, but it's kind of true. But because of that, you get 50-50 booking, because everyone has to be strong, in case they need to be slotted into it. Because Vince McMahon does not want to have another rock John Cena situation, where it's a case of, I've put all my eggs in one basket, and now they fucked off to Hollywood. He now wants cookie cutter wrestling, so it's a case of right, John Cena's out, so we'll put in uh Seth Rollins. Um we'll put in Roman Reigns. Eh, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think Cookie Cutter's um not doing it justice. I think they've got such a varied roster. Well, now. Like they've they've got a varied roster, but when it comes to storytelling, it doesn't matter who goes where oh, that's a because they've yeah, ne- yeah. they've not got anyone. The reason why people like us are really into Bray Wyatt is that he's not been shoved down our throats. He's being portrayed in No One Can Beat Him. Uh, The only thing they did... What a revelation, really. It's been so long since you had someone like that. And that's the problem. You haven't had anyone like that. And like we alluded to earlier in the pod, hopefully this is where they're going because obviously Fox are going to want sport. So they're going to want decent resting for decent time. So they're not going to be as concerned of the storytelling. Mm. But it's going to be interesting to see how, from next Wednesday, how it compares with AEW, who are already showing win loss records on entrance ribbons for the wrestlers yeah because that promotion wins and losses matter and i'm hoping because of the fox link and they want it to be portrayed more as a real sport and more athleticism wins and losses are actually going to matter hmm. because why are you going to get behind i mean don't get me wrong my football team just lost a shitty pen to shoot out to a bunch of ass bandits <laughs> no offense to our standards. I say what <laughs> Colchester don't believe <call> them <laughs> but, but in your team so- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. God. but you know why are they why are people ever going to get behind athletes who are like win-loss 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 you want to get behind the- why did people get behind Conor McGregor it wasn't because I mean yeah get, he has a promo but it's because he won all the time why did people get behind Anderson Silva he didn't have a promo because he won every time at the same time does this not book yourself into a bit of a corner if you have a guy like, oh, let's take Jungle Boy, who you want to get over as a bit of an underdog, but as a face, you know, he's definitely a face, you know. Yeah. You can't have him win every week because mm-hmm. you can't put him over every other heel in the business. Otherwise, you're going to have serious problems. So he's going to be almost 50 50, you'd imagine, winning and losing here and there. But he's not going to be a main event player. I don't know, man. He could be. He's not going to be a main event player. In the same way that Jeff Hardy didn't seem like a main event player to start with, but then when he got to that point where, like, you know, he's looking pretty damn good and Taker starts to pin him over, mm, there's a top name there. I feel Jungle yeah. Boy has that potential. He won't be for the first three years of that company. We're getting into way too much. <laughs> <probably. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but um, the point being that if you have a guy that has like uh, five wins, five losses, then like like UFC guys, then they're okay, they're mediocre. Yeah, you're shoving that mediocrity in front of people's faces and their results, yeah. their roster, you know what I mean? And, and that gets them stuck there a bit, maybe. Like but that, I have Exactly, that's why I'm saying about, for Fox, that's yeah. what they're going to need to matter. Maybe. Because they're mediocre. I don't know about this whole... I think wins and losses do need to matter. I'm not sure we should be highlighting them so much. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is with AEW, if you imagine they have a 10-year run. Yeah. This man's had 425 wins and 312 losses. Yeah. Could be a bit excessive sometimes, you know. Yeah. I think it, I think the win-loss for AEW will die out, but yeah. it's interesting times. But looking back to it then, when it was successful, and looking back to it now where it's the most profitable company the company has ever been, mm-hmm. partly due to dirty blood money and partly due to ex- excellent sports deals and marketing... Yeah. Yeah. none of this would fly in today's market because everyone in the case of why we only a three minute match and just lots of talking yeah that's the, always a criticism of modern day WWE where Triple H or Cena would come out open the show cut a 25 minute promo and be crap say the same thing all the time yeah so I look back at the Ministry of Darkness with fondness I look back at the sound bites of what they were the best version of The Undertaker is this version of The Undertaker in my opinion it elevated Triple H it's still a great time for the business, but if you were watching this for wrestling rather than storytelling, not questionably good storytelling, because there are many, many plot holes we touched on earlier. Yeah. Go, we need to not keep covering the attitude error. <laughs> Isn't there an element of you look back at it and you're like, How did my parents let me watch this? Yeah. <laughs> Some of it's really fucked up. Uh and a lot of it is it's it's not competitive wrestling. It's just Shit in between like one minute nothingness yeah and like how you could ever suspend your disbelief for like an al snow draws match and be like oh that seems legit <laughs> you know? oh, i'm glad they use that plant put on that bit of art <laughs> okay so in terms of like real positives about this time period everyone's got storylines it's the land of giants everyone looks like big scary professional wrestlers i like that you know what i mean it looks like something i couldn't do yeah you know uh, I think with enough training and enough whatever, you could be a modern wrestler. Anyone could be almost, you know? So there's there's elements of that that I like, that kind of like um, supernatural element almost yeah. to it, you know? So there's lots of positives I like. Um, I just want there to be more wrestling. That's the only thing. If yeah. this had like, you know, one or two really solid matches across these three shows, I'd be totally into it. Yeah, but they don't. But again, at the time, they were saving it for pay-per-view. Cool. What about overall rating for the three? We'll do this individual show, then we'll talk about the storyline a little bit. Uh, individual show... Um... Two to be generous. Purely because of the soundbite. Yeah, I think I'm too still as well. Which too is cornflakes th- I mean. every one of these shows have been pretty low, you yeah. know. Uh what about Cornet Meter? Uh not so high for this match, I no, found No, not not this the show. Not this time round. I mean maybe you could have it a little bit for the women involvement and the yeah. hoes and stuff like that, you know. There's quite a bit of bullshit. But even that is still reasonably logical. Yeah. There's I, no like you know. It's the lowest cornet of the three. Yeah, sure. But the storyline. Yeah. How would you rate the storyline? Right. So in in overall, I think we need to give it like I'd say a three. You're wrong. It's five. <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, I was giving it five for sure. But I look back and analyzing the logic of it. There's oh, not it's it's fucking a great cool. deal of logic. Um, the bit I do love about it is the segments and things like Triple H is selling and the seriousness of Undertaker and Vince and Shane in the ring together and the revelation about how good Stephanie is. Yeah. Like, there's lots of positives here that are going to lead into really good stuff. How much is this the turning point where WWF starts to get a bit shit? Um, I would say once Austin becomes injured, it's when it turns to shit. Okay. Because then you're a McMahon in every corner, Linda's involved a bit more. This then leads on to Rikishi being one of the top guys, or oh, I did it for the Rock. Yeah. You're, you've are you given the belt to Big Show at Survivor Series, and then, when he cries and vomits a little bit on the belt. And this, this leads <laughs> into the land of vanilla giants. Yeah. Which is like their very worst time period, in my opinion. Because this is when you then lead into the, o- the OVW... Uh, oh, almost Freudian slipped to that company I don't work for anymore <laughs> <laughs> um, this is when the uh, it's like OVW the big boys start coming up a bit more so you've got your Leviathan you've got Prototype you've yeah. got Randy Orton but at the same time you're then getting Heidenreich Snitsky and it's just even like Orton's Batista's edge Cena at the top of your card yeah just guys for Triple H to go over basically well if you think the early 2000s now if you look at that So you go to WrestleMania 2000, which was obviously where we had our McMahon in every corner, all the way now to 17 still the greatest mania, in my opinion, because it still had Austin and Rock at the top and the whole show was brilliant. But after that, you then go maybe seven years, I'd say, until you start getting back into... (laughs) It really is. Big match it? John. Yeah, yeah. I like John Cena now. I fucking hated him back then. Oh, I've I've always liked John Cena. I've always think he's got a bad rap. But the the turning point from that dark doldrum hmm. was Flair HBK at WrestleMania 24. So you basically go... There's always moments of greatness throughout yeah. these shows. But the, the, that's when you start getting compelling storyline and long telling storyline. Yeah, the, sure. the Ric Flair being like, I've got to retire... Rick Flair, I mean, Flair Undertaker at 18 was passable because he beat up David Flair at training, which was always sure. good fun. Yeah, yeah. But. Taker HBK. Yeah. You and get and the that's like three formations and feuds there. You get Rock coming back to do stuff. Like, it gets interesting. Yeah. it's interesting. But moments. that's what I said. Until you get to 24 and then 25. So, 24, you've got HBK and Flair. Ignore the moment. Um, and that. Cena Miz? Yeah. Uh, no, which that was, was twenty six. Okay, which one was twenty four? Twenty four. Oh my god, I'm not good with this sort of statistics. My I memories think, are terrible. I think it might have been Cena. Uh, Cena Triple H, possibly. No, that might have been twenty three with the Tommy Gun bit. By the way, it was shit because yeah. although it did have Big Show Mayweather at twenty four. Yeah. Which is good. But then 25, you at main event with... Mm, good. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Or <laughs> in, in Triple H. Ignore that. But that's the first HBK Undertaker 1 in yeah. Mania. 26, headlined by HBK Undertaker 2. 27, Austin Miz. So, um, uh, Cena Miz. Yeah. Austin Miz. Fuck. <laughs> that's gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Cena Miz. Then you had Cena Rock. Yeah. Do you think it's lack of narrative... Do you think it's reliability on sports or do you think it's um, the writing that's more sort of the problem that leads to this issue of like this kind of seven to ten year period of like a bit bland kind of corporate stuff? They didn't have good wrestlers and the wrestlers they bought through couldn't speak on the microphone. So you think it's more about the talent than the writing? Yeah, because of, like the amount of television they have to produce every week. I think the television doesn't help, but I think it's down at that stage. It was to the athletes, because you said, like, you look at Triple H. We're going to put you in a cast. This is a bullshit idea. But you know what? I'm going to fucking get it over. Yeah, get it over. I think the problem is at that time, from like the early 2000s to like the late 90s. I fucking hate calling it that. <laughs> the late 2000s, 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was down to piss poor wrestlers who couldn't tell a story and also couldn't work because they got thrown into the main event because they were big boys. God bless CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Nigel McGuinness, Samoa Joe, all these guys that came off the Indy and changed that, you know. Well, I love those guys. They saved pro wrestling for me. The pipe bomb saved pro wrestling. Fucking A, man. Because had Punk not done that. We owe those guys so much. We owe a guy like Paul Heyman so much. What well, we, she's saying? I want CM Punk to go into this yeah. thing, and I want to just choke out the Big Show in ten seconds with the Anaconda Vice. Imagine we were still sitting here in this land of vanilla giants, with nothing happening, and just the same fucking bullshit week to week. It'd be terrible. Yeah, it'd and be pro awful. wrestling is amazing right now. Like, Next there's week, there's lots of bad stuff. Yeah, but watching a show, you're gonna get four or five solid matches. Next week is going to be probably since we were younger the greatest week of professional wrestling ever could be right up there we will find out i guess because if monday night raw doesn't shit the bed on the season premiere of monday night raw i love yeah. the fact they just oh um there's a season premiere which means our deal with papa roach has run out <laughs> <laughs> is this week the AEW debut uh that so from monday we've got raw with the season premiere then Smackdown Smackdown on Friday on oh, Friday sorry yep and then you've got AW going head to head with NXT NXT's first full two hours in the USA okay at the moment, they're uh, having to go one hour. That on. was dumb as fuck. I watched the show on the television, then was like, "Oh, that was good." Turned it off. Looked the next morning, like there was another hour. What happened? <laughs> yeah, the first hour, which you missed. <laughs> I watched the first hour. Oh, you watched I the USA Network hour. Well, Yeah, did you I watch that? Streamed it, mate. Of oh, of course, course yes, because <laughs> we watch USA Network here. <laughs> of course, if it's not available, I'm like, it's on USA Network. The first hour, USA Network NXT. I'm like, oh, we have gotta check that out. Watched it, got to the end of the show. No one went, now go to the WWE Network, but you can watch the second hour. Like, they didn't say it. How did you like, not what suddenly? what thi- the fuck, man? <laughs> did you not suddenly think to yourself, bloody hell, I must have fallen asleep for Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane in the main event. They've been pimping for the first part of it. What makes you think I pay attention to all the <laughs> shit in between? I'm just there for the wrestling. Because it's good, decent <laughs> commentators in uh, Beth Phoenix. Sure, but like, well, yeah. Um, the other two are good. <laughs> like, <you laughs> know. Um, yeah, but that annoyed me anyway. So are we going to do that this week? Do what? Any of those shows? It's quite an important week. Well, in pro because wrestling. by the time we do the show, yeah, we record on Wednesdays, so we, AEW wouldn't have had their first oh, show oh yet. Fuck. Okay. But because what are we doing n- next week? Next week we're doing. We're going to tolerate the the commentary. We're going to do the Yokozuna Memorial Show. Are we? I'm not sure I can listen to that audio. Mute it then. <laughs> it's kind of important. It's such a bad rip that you found. was like <gasps> for two hours. I'm like, I'm not sure I can deal with that, man. <laughs> we will pick something interesting yeah by the way i'm up for doing the show it's not the problem it's a wxw Joker's memorial show could it be any fucking weird i'm totally in <laughs> yeah. it's just that audio like i I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm i like we'll, my whatever we'll whatever we'll Think. <laughs> however we will not be doing someone <laughs> which is very nice and again you know we said like on the facebook page someone um at the scpw show who will remain nameless because i fear what they suge- would have suggested will maybe cause offense to some people okay they suggested that we cover out of interest and a bit of career retrospect, three memorial shows. Fuck that. No, we're not doing multiple shows in for the first place. Memorial shows. God damn, that'd be terrible. Well. Depressing as fuck. You, th- you think that's, well, wait, wait till you hear what the ones are suggested. Right. So obviously the, the classic one would be the Owen Hart. So also do a career retrospective of Owen Hart? I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Pillman. All right. Yeah. Which would have been nice. I love but Pillman. But I've realized they don't have a Brian Pillman retrospective. Mm, they no. did 10 Bell Salute. Right. so the person should have suggested maybe Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah, that's a better memorial show, I guess. Memorial show is fuck. And just... they And they did too. But, and then they obviously unsurprisingly suggested <sighs> He Who Should Not Be Mentioned because you cannot find that show anywhere, but you fucking can. This is the sound of me hitting my face against a microphone. Yeah, so um, as I said to that person at the time, I appreciate we want people to make suggestions, and I don't have issue if you ever suggest a show with Benoit in. That's not a problem, because it's nah, Benoit the wrestler, not Benoit the person. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. sure. But as a rule, rule of thumb we want to cover shows or we might do a career retrospective for someone at some point who we both are very passionate about those memorial shows have fuck all narrative it would just be us going this is sad isn't it remember when blank wrestler yeah. did this here i'll do those three shows for you right now pillman was really fucking good shamey went a bit crazy and died you know what i mean that sucked owen he was really fucking good they should have fucked that sort of, that sorted that rigging out shouldn't they the fucking cunts you know benoit
1: Yep. let <laughs> <laughs> Oh, as, as a quick go, side, as a quick, your
0: fucking trilogy for you. <laughs> as a quick side note, though, I know we've run quite long on this, yeah. yeah. Um, and we've we'll talked about other things. I've seen something crop up online, which is sort of linked to this, this, uh, this topic of the memorial shows, right? Benoit's son is trying to make it in the wrestling business, and a lot of promoters have been blacklisting him. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think if Benoit's kid wants to wrestle. There's so many horrible jokes right now that I'm not going to make. Carry on, please. (laughs) If Ben was a member of Ben Ben family wants to wrestle he should be allowed to wrestle Re- I want to from- make bad jokes please do I not- want to make bad jokes <laughs> please let me make bad jokes no we cannot make bad can jokes can we end the podcast so I can make them to you at least <laughs> find me on social media at the Tex Williams on Twitter Instagram and Facebook fanboy rich uh, on Twitter and Instagram A world of rest podcast on Twitter world of is the best place to find all the subscription services we have out there in terms of all the Podcast apps and shit. If we're not on an app that you use, please let us know. (laughs) And uh, I'm now off to listen to really bad Benoit jokes. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. I cut the bit just before this because that was fucked up. See you later. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not putting that in. That's fine. That's fine.
1: (laughs) You can't say that on a podcast. (laughs)